0: Here we, here we, here we fucking go. Episode 68 of White Heat coming at you, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends at Mohawk Honda, and our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. I know, the weather's kind of more indecisive than a female trying to pick out dinner for you. I get it. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> Glad JJ got a laugh at that because that's basically my life. But anyways, uh, so summer is over. It is officially by all calculations, technically fall right now. And even though the temperatures keep fluctuating between want to be summer still and want to be winter, that should just give you all the more reason to make sure your furnace is in good working order so you're not left out in the cold this winter. So what are you waiting for? You got to go talk to the friends over at Johnstone Supply and Troy. All the great brands, all in stock, all at great prices. Goodman, Fujitsu, Westinghouse, they're all there. Plus, if you need more than just repairs and you need a brand new furnace well johnstone supply can give you the hookup to get that done too go talk to our friend george great guy you've heard him before numerous times over the course of uh over the course of time with gaz over on getting there with goss you can talk to kev talk to james talk to bird they're all there to help you out make sure you are not left out in the cold this fall and winter go check them out johnstone supply 2600 6th avenue troy Give him a call, 518 272 twenty two. Stay warm this fall and winter with Johnstone Supply, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy, 518-272-5922. JJ, I know you had an interesting eventful weekend. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Yeah, I'm exhausted and alive. And You ever have one of those days where for no particular reason you wake up and you got Who Is Johnny by Eldebarge stuck in your head and repeat?
0: Oh, oh, Okay. <laughs> that's right. my life. So, uh everything okay?
1: Everything's okay.
0: All right, we didn't, we didn't we didn't lose our cool, did we?
1: Oh, I lost my cool, but it, no, I mean, it I mean it like run. I mean like I
0: mean like physically, I mean like physically, I couldn't,
1: I can't stand.
0: <laughs> did you have a cane or a baseball bat handy? I don't fucking know.
1: <laughs> I have neither.
0: Well, that's unfortunate. That's. Keep that in mind, though. For the all future. it
1: took was one fist pound on the table
0: and they ran. Did it involve standing at all?
1: No, I didn't. I couldn't. I can't stand.
0: Oh. Can't even bunny hop? No. Oh.
1: I was literally sitting in the chair with my foot elevated on
0: a freaking, like, uh, uh, ottoman. Oh, yeah, the foot elevated. Okay. Yes. That, that, okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, so I know that you watched a particular show. Earlier today, off DVR.
1: Yeah.
0: Bless your heart, and uh, so you're nice and you're nice and ready to go, aren't you? Right now. Oh. <laughs> well, before we get into all of the uh, all that good stuff, uh, let's hop across the the Pacific Ocean, not the Atlantic or the other Atlantics in Europe. The spicy Atlantic, across- right?
1: The Golden <laughs> right. Atlantic,
0: right? right. <laughs> the- God almighty. Let's hop over the Asian Atlantic to uh, New Japan. Uh, so basically. <laughs> Wait, what was that?
1: But the, I looked at the header. That means they went to the to, over the Atlantic.
0: Well, that's that's this coming weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. OK, so they're going over the Atlantic. But no, this weekend, because uh, I mentioned they had that show with three title matches yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, much to our chagrin, but our prediction uh, none of those titles changed hands. Yeah. Um, which, allow me to scroll down real quick. I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, the junior tag titles I know was one of them. Uh, yeah. Akira and TJP retained over Taguchi and Master wado yep. Carl Anderson retained the Never Openweight title over Tanahashi. Yep. And the main event, Osprey retained the US heavyweight title over David Finley. Yep.
1: However, there was some uh, shenanigans after the uh, Tanahashi-Anderson uh, match. Yeah.
0: Uh, I saw that. Please hold. I had that. I, I know really what it had is. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, there was a few different things going on here. Um, number one, there was, bear with me as I'm pulling up. So, uh, so after Anderson defeated Tanahashi, here we go. Um, Machine Gun started attacking Ace even more. Uh-huh. Toro Yano tried making the save. Uh-huh. Eventually got attacked by Doc Gallows,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, who had gone to a double countout with Toro Yano earlier in the evening. <laughs> so then Jay White soon joined the attack,
1: uh-huh.
0: all eventually looking to lure Tama Tonga in.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so Tama was looking to go after Jay White. Yep. Um, Hikaleo hit the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And basically, Jay White tested the loyalty of Hikaleo here, um, expecting uh, Hikaleo to attack Tamatanga to represent Jay White's brand of Bullet Club, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, uh, Hikaleo decided to uh, take out Jay White. So him and um, him and Tama held up the never openly weight and. IWGP world titles, yep. standing tall over Anderson and Jay White. So that was yep. uh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if Hoogie Lau ready for a singles push quite, but we ready for Tama.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I'm not sure Tama's. Re- uh, are we ready for a Tama world title run necessarily, though? Hell yes. You think so? Yes. Okay. Listen, I know Japan's not always hip to the beat, so I'm just... Uh, I, I'm going to be quietly reserved is the best way to put it. Um, at the same time, we do have uh, two nights coming up in London this weekend uh, for their two-night event called Royal Quest. Those are going to be on a Saturday and Sunday, my memory serves me right. Uh, yes, because the, the first is a Saturday. So, uh, so Saturday night... Uh, they have released the full cards for both shows. So we'll just kind of run through them real quick. Starting with night one, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, from the looks of it, opening match, Gabriel Kidd versus Dan Maloney one-on-one. Uh, then a women's tag match. Uh, Kanji and Jazzy Gabert.
1: Oh, Jazzy Gaber? Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, she's going to be teaming, with, uh, teaming up to face Alex Windsor and Ava White. Um, which I believe one of them is the Rev Pro Women's Champion, if I correctly. I think so, yeah. Yeah, one, I can't remember which one. I think it's Alex Windsor. I could be wrong. Um, then we have Great O'Connor and Gideon Gray teaming up against Ricky Knight Jr., who's the Rev Pro Heavyweight Champ, and Michael Oku. Um, then we have a uh, six man tag Takahashi, Sonata, and Naito. Um, uh, LIJ. I was trying to think Mm -hmm. of the goddamn initials for a second. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, Against uh, Doki, El Desperado, and ZSJ. So that would be LIJ versus uh, fucking uh, Suzuki-gun. Yeah. Uh, Then a tag match, Ishii and Okada, teaming against Jonah and Bad Dude Tito. Can someone explain who the fuck this Bad Dude Tito guy is? I don't know. I I don't either. I've suddenly seen him in New Japan cards recently and I'm just confused. I don't know where he came from. Um then we have an eight man tag. Uh Hikaleo, Jado, Tanahashi, and Tamatanga against Gato, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Jay White. And then the co main events, the one being for the IWGP tag titles, which we already knew about. FTR defending against Aussie Open. Aussie Open obviously looking to uh I wouldn't say unify, but become double champions, we'll say. As they are currently mm-hmm. the strong tag champs, and obviously they yeah. could hold both belts if they win here. And then the main event, the main main event, is a special singles match with U.S. Champion Will Osprey in a non-title match against Shota Umino. Going singles action there.
1: Oh, okay. Bad dude, Tito is Tito Escondido. He was uh, he's, he he was an indie guy in the West Coast for uh, a while, and then he like got out of the business for a bit.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Meanwhile. On night two, Sunday, 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 opening with a tag match, going to be Doki and El Desperado against Michael Oku and Robbie X. X. Then, uh, Hiromu Tana, uh, Takahashi and Sonata going uh, in tag action against Young Guns. I believe those are the Rev Pro tag champs, if I remember correctly. Uh, then the IWGP Women's Tournament, Jazzy Gabbard against Ava White in mm-hmm. singles action. 6-man uh, tag excuse me 10-man tag excuse me uh, Gabriel Kidd Shoto Umino uh, RKJ the RF Pro Heavyweight Champion and as of right now the IWGP Tag Champs FTR they'll take on Gideon Gray Great Ocon Will Ospreay and Aussie Open
1: United Empire
0: yes thank you uh, then singles action Ishii against Jonah uh, also in singles action Okada against Bad Dude Tito
1: Ishii against Jonah I've seen that match in person
0: Was that an impact at one point? Yeah, that was the
1: impact pay-per-view I was at in Poughkeepsie. I
0: I, I thought so. Uh, Then six-man tag action, Hikaleo, uh, Tanahashi, and Tama Tonga against Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Jay White. And then main event scheduled for Sunday night, singles action, Naito against ZSJ. Yay. So that's your cards for Saturday and Sunday in London obviously. So Anything notable happens we'll mention it next week.
1: Are we sure the ma- are, are we sure the event's going to happen? Are we sure we're done with the Queen's funeral? Is everyone done queuing? It's done. We sure. Yes. We're sure there's not still people in in, in the queue waiting.
0: Positive positive.
1: Okay cuz like there were people waiting for like 3 days.
0: I know David Beckham did enough crying for everyone. He's we're okay now. We're good.
1: Screw David Beckham there are people that waited longer than him. I don't know why. Like, I could just turn on the TV and see the coffin. Well, I mean,
0: you got to think this. Jesus, Uh, this monarchy, technically, if you include territories still run by British rule, it's what? Like, we're talking like 30 plus countries, right? Technically, countries and territories. Go look it up. Trust me.
1: They were t- but still, there remember- were people that lived in London. It's not like people that flew. Well, there just it's people that like people- lived
0: in London. There were people from Scotland, people from Wales. Well, okay, people from- well,
1: people, people from England,
0: <laughs> United Kingdom. Be a little broader than that. The United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At large. You make yourself sign- sound so uncultured. Stop it.
1: Listen, Jesus. the only monarchy I care about is Billy King and, and Zachary Pierre Beau. You all right?
0: <laughs> Fair. And they're quite <laughs> more entertaining. Uh, especially with uh, forgive me lord manager help me no oh the good manager
1: Marshall McNeil
0: thank you no what where did you think I was going
1: the manager that Eric stuck them with who didn't belong anywhere near a wrestling
0: locker room. No, only the good one. Why would I ever bring up him? No, no, no. Good, thank you. No, no. We've we've shared our thoughts and opinions about that. We're meaning to be a nameless person, haven't we? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I would never, ever, ever, ever. not doesn't deserve the free publicity. Okay. All right, so let's move on to Impact. They had an interesting week because they had both a TV taping that aired on Thursday, and then they had their live digital-only event, Victory Road, on Friday. Mm -hmm. And they're also ramping up to next weekend, the first weekend of October, with Friday and Saturday nights in Albany, New York. Friday Bound for Glory, Saturday TV tapings. Um, So here we go. Thursday impact oh great the cover photo is sammy callahan all bloody with blood on the contract that's nice it's very Um,
1: it's it's very off-putting that bound for glory and victory road are a week apart from each other when those are like the two two of the big four for tna back in the day
0: you know what else is off-putting what why is sammy callahan trying to be john moxley light
1: because they used to tag
0: who gives a fuck
1: Apparently, the IWC, because everyone's been asking for a Switchblade conspiracy freaking reunion for freaking months. And How? Never... <laughs> How? Because AEW works with Impact.
0: They haven't done any. Uh, uh-huh.
1: I know. I know.
0: They happen to shit themselves into more City Machine Gun showing up for all. Right.
1: Of them. Right. Like. But every time something like that happens, they're like, we need a
0: switchblade conspiracy reunion. No, 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 <laughs> no, we don't No, no, we that for a CZW show. No, we don't need it on fucking TV. Moxley gouging himself open in four minutes is not not what we need double of. Okay, right. thank you. Fuck off. Media switchblade duck off. <laughs> um Giselle Shaw won the pre-show match. Who cares? It was against <laughs> nobody. Um then we open. we opened the, it then they opened the an actual TV show at the ladder match for the digital media title, which Brian Myers retained.
1: I saw part of that.
0: Uh, was it really nah. yeah? Yeah, I didn't yeah. think so. It yeah, was it
1: was funny. on in the background. We had Shell over for dinner and it was on in the background, so <laughs>
0: So so it wasn't a he's gonna be buried moment. Well, not,
1: no. Not, you know, no, that man. doesn't happen in my house. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um so then they show Heath apologizing to Josh Alexander and Rich Swann for inadvertently costing them the impact tag titles the week before. Um and it helps that tomorrow night well not tomorrow night, the next night they were teaming in a six man against Eddie, Taven, and Bennett. Um but then Heath said he wants to be alone for a street fight open challenge against any member of Honor. No more. Yay, great. Um, apparently Steve Macklin blindsided Sammy Callahan at Wrestling Revolvers event the weekend before, so they showed a clip of that. Uh-huh. Apparently. Who cares? Uh, Jordan Grace beat the shit out of Ziggy Dice. Tell me that you're shocked. <laughs> Uh then James Mitchell talks about Maxi and mm-hmm. Yay, great. Uh, I,
1: I, I I like I dig Max. Like,
0: <laughs> then they had a, a free for all five way basically.
1: Yeah, that was woof. Yeah, that I
0: can imagine. Black Taurus ends up beating me yim, Trey Miguel, Alex Zane, Laredo Kid when uh Black Taurus got the pin over Alex Zane.
1: Yeah, there it was a it was one of those like eighteen finishers to the finish uh, bits.
0: Your typical multiway match, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eric Young and Diener with another like vignette kind of thing. Yeah,
1: like I don't know what the hell they're doing. It's like everyone was wearing yellow hoodies, and then like they all like were on the ground.
0: A revival of violence is here.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's apparently that's going to be the new thing instead of violence unlimited. Apparently, it's going to be the revival of violence or something. I mean, it looked like it was produced well. I just don't mm-hmm. know where they're going with it. Like, it was like, here's 12 indie jabronis and in yellow hoodies.
0: Can I? I need to say something to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. I feel like the wrestling world owes an apology to Eric Young. Yes. Like, can we give him anything else?
1: This is I mean, this I mean, they're letting him produce his own stuff because Eric's a hell of a producer, um, which is why, like, I really wish like trips would extend a hand and have him come be a producer for developmental like he was, because that's why, like the, his last year in WWE, he wasn't doing much in ring stuff because he was doing backstage producer stuff. He would really benefit from producing the new NXT.
0: He just looks pigeonholed at this point.
1: He does. I mean, he's because like he's, he's been.
0: I you know? actually, I feel like he's been pigeonholed since they did. Uh, what the fuck was it they did with uh, Wolf and uh, and Nikki? Oh, what the fuck was that called? The group in
1: WWE. Oh, of uh, uh, Sanity.
0: Yeah, I feel like he's been pigeonholed really ever since that.
1: Yeah, he's basically been doing Impact- Sanity Light since then.
0: Right. I just.
1: Uh... Right. Which was okay, like, but like at least like, and like when he first came back to Impact, like. The the vignettes he was cutting because you, you you're you're looking at a guy who has a paralyzed vocal cord, so he has that raspy voice now. But he right. made it work to his to his advantage, and the dude can talk, and the dude's a solid hand. Like he's like, unfortunately, he's never like he's he's Jake Roberts. He's got everything that's there, but he's never going to be your main guy. Who'd you say, Jake Roberts?
0: I had another comparison, especially since you mentioned the messed up vocal cord.
1: Stevie Richards. No, <laughs> I was gonna say Stevie, ain't... little, no, no. little, little older. I like Stevie, but not fresh out. Be
0: <laughs> slightly older, not with us anymore, but slightly older than that. Oh, uh, I don't know. His kids in AEW. Oh, uh, Pillman. Yeah, yeah, like that was the exact comparison. I don't know. I, I think if I think if Pillman
1: that. hadn't had those injuries, I think Pillman could have been main event one day.
0: Oh, you're talking about like the knee and.
1: Well, the, the, yeah, the car wreck and then the yap yeah, and all that stuff. Like, I think if, if he didn't have those injuries, I think Pillman could have been a main eventer.
0: That's a hell of a hypothetical to bring up. Not just the main eventer stuff.
1: Yeah. It's like Magnum T F. If,
0: if shit doesn't go sideways with him towards the end of the contract he was in, and Eric Bischoff doesn't work himself into a shoot, into a work, into a shoot.
1: Mm-hmm. I Could WCW
0: have worked for him?
1: So if he was still stuck in WCW, no, he would have just been mid card. Still, he would have been he would have been in been the like Horsemen and like a
0: Steve Austin stuck.
1: He he would been the number three guy in the Horsemen. Like that's that's it. Like you know, but like if but if he had still like gone to WWE and had not gotten in that accident like right before signing with WWE, mm-hmm. life would be very
0: different. Yeah. yeah. What's well, interesting because. When you fast forward a couple years later, Eddie Guerrero's WWE career didn't exactly start out so hot because he hurt himself night one. Right. And basically almost fucked himself out of a career right there and then. Right. But he was just lucky enough he had the the right eyeballs watching out for him at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eddie Hooser, uh, getting back to Impact, they had a Joe Hendry thing. Mm -hmm. Sure. We're just going to keep pushing that back, I guess. Um, and then Keith gets his challenge answered by PCO because that's the guy I would want to face in a street fight.
1: Uh, d- d- here's what's really sad: he went over on PCO.
0: I I know. I, Are we just at a point where we're just gonna have PCO do as much stupid, crazy shit as possible?
1: I mean, that hasn't been the story for the last five years.
0: I I know, I know but like it's <laughs> it's like.
1: It was quite funny when we were sitting here and Shell like, cause, because, like, you know, the wife only knows wrestling through me and Shell like right. So, like, she still gets filled in at parts or whatever. And so, like, we see PCO. And then Shell was just, like, shelters. She was just like, you need to look up Jean-Pierre Lafitte. <laughs> and she's like, why? She's like, because it's funny.
0: <laughs> Which part? The
1: whole getup. <laughs>
0: the, the fuck The are we anything specific we're talking about? We're just talking about the whole run. The whole pirate gimmick. Uh Uh-oh. So we're talking about the stealing Bret Hart's jacket stuff, too?
1: Oh, no, not even that. Just the way he looked and just the gimmick itself. We didn't get into any storylines regarding him. man. But, yeah, but I had to explain to her. I was like, well, listen, you got to go back to the Quebecers first. And then she was like, oh, that's right. He was the Mountie. I was like, no, Jacques Rougeau was the Mountie. And then when Jacques Rougeau left, he came back a year later and he teamed with Carl Ouellette and they were the Quebecers and their music for specifically said they weren't the Mounties. <laughs> like, this is where I went through the whole thing. And Raven
0: was their manager as Johnny Polo.
1: Exactly. Actually, Harvey Whippleman was their manager originally. And then it was Johnny Polo.
0: Right.
1: And then, yeah. And then uh, uh, what do you call it? Then uh, then Jacques left. And so they repackaged Carl Ouellette as Jean-Pierre Lafitte. And then when that didn't work, both of them went to WCW and started tagging again as the Amazing French Canadians. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And he was still wearing the eye patch instead of instead of wearing the glass eye.
0: I forgot they were tagging again in WCW. Yeah, yep. a
1: lot of people did. They, they, yeah. they literally were just like guaranteed money, yo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who wasn't at that time? Exactly. But that's like that. That's like when I see like shoot old shoot interviews. Uh-oh. They were talking like the ring crew guys in WCW were making six figures at the time. Fuck. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuck oh. out of here with that. Um, <laughs> so we get to uh, the guns defeating Aussie Open mm-hmm. to earn a shot the tag titles against mm-hmm. Eddie, and, uh, yeah. Eddie and Bennett. Not Eddie and Bennett. Taven and Bennett yeah, at yeah. Bound for Glory. Uh, please tell me that was the end of the show. Of course it wasn't the end of the show. No, no, no there was something else. No, no. Uh Tasha Steels was getting interviewed. Blah blah blah. Uh, Killer Kelly was there. Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. They were talking about their match the next night. Um. Then <laughs> Giselle Shaw says shit about Mickey James. Blah blah blah. And then, oh, the contract signing ended. The yes, night. The yeah, contract, which is why I said let's. Yeah, right. That's what with, with, uh, with 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 uh, bloody McWhedison because he just he just had to sign his contract in blood to show, hey, I'm cool, I'm hardcore. Suck a dick. Uh, anyways, go to Victory Road the next night, and they kicked off with a six-man tag of Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Juice Robinson against...
1: Oh, that's right, because Juice Robinson is a bullet club now.
0: Jason Hotch, Shogun, and Jack Price. Who the fuck are these guys? Young boys. Three gut check winners? Oh, fuck me.
1: Yeah, they were gut check winners who were doing the, 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 a- the, the New Japan Dojo.
0: Yeah, the job. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, Then Alexander, Rich Swan, and Heath are interviewed backstage, blah, blah, blah. Then we get Tasha Steeles beating Killer Kelly by DQ as Kelly. uh... So Savannah Evans was choking out Kelly with a chain while the referee was distracted. Then Kelly fought off Evans, used the chain to choke Tasha, which caused a DQ. Sure. Then Kelly chokes off the referee after the match before Lance Storm and Tommy Dreamer break it up. That's great.
1: That's right. Tommy Dream is back.
0: He just never says no. Anyway, it's
1: been a year. It's easy enough. It's been a year since the Plane Ride from Hell episode of Darkseid. He, he can come back now.
0: True. Uh, then Bailey successfully defends the X Division title against Delirious. This is my shocked face.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's great that Hunter helped put now? him over.
0: How old is he, now? Like, gotta be around 40, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I think he's early 40s. Yeah, but I mean, honor. it's good that you know he'll still not go once I'm in a while and try to help out. About it.
0: if you're in the ring or not. I'm just, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Nothing made sense there. So right.
1: just, well, yeah, but like, like, like the the late the later days of Ring of Honor, like when you know Hunter was the Booker, and then like he'll just randomly show up for an episode sometimes, like in gimmick, and like right. why? Like, are you that short on people? I mean, they were doing COVID,
0: but still. Well, yeah, COVID, yeah. Uh then they have uh the amazing uh Oh, I'm fucking blanking on his last name. Uh, anyways, Matt Ruholt. We'll just, I'll just call him his actual name now. And uh, Tommy Hannafin, baby. They announced how they were auctioning off stuff on eBay, ring-worn and autographed gear from stars like Lance Storm, Ace Austin, Mia Yim, etc., etc. Uh, all proceeds going towards Joe Doring's battle with cancer. That's right, that's right. Uh, then Maria Canellis is backstage talking... Whatever she talks, usually, <laughs> not, usually not English, but
1: my husband is my meal ticket. There honestly, you go.
0: Honestly, who's ever looking at Maria and will actually listen to what she says? <laughs> uh then we get the Morsey Machine Guns defeating PCO and Vincent in tag action. And then we get Giselle Shaw losing to Mickey James. No shit. Um blah blah blah. Then the triple threat revolver. Whoa. So, like I mentioned last week when we were trying to figure out what the fuck a triple threat revolver was, <laughs> three competitors starts basically a never ending triple threat match until you get down to the last three and the next pinfall wins. Yep. Um, that's the way it works. Final wrestler to score the pinfall or submission would be declared the winner and challenge Mike Bailey at Bound for Glory for the X Division title. They started with Mia Yam, Laredo Kid, and Trey Miguel. Laredo Kid was the first elimination. Um, be pinned by Mia Yim. Okay. Uh, then we get Mia Yim uh, getting the crucifix bomb on Alex Zane, who was the next entrant, and eliminating him. Yep. And then Mia Yim, Trey Miguel, and Kenny King was the next one. Uh, Kenny King eliminates Mia Yim while holding the tights. That mm-hmm. brings out Yuya Yuamora. Trey <laughs> Miguel then uh, eliminates Amora so That brings us to Frankie Kazarian getting in who gets Trey McGill in a rear naked choke for the tap out. Then Black Taurus comes out. And he's the final entrant. And Kazarian... Right, he won the five-way. Right. And then Kazarian beats Kenny King. He gets the pin on him. So it's going to be Kazarian challenging Mike Bailey for the X Division title outbound for glory. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... Kim backstage grants Taya Valkyrie, Rosemary, and Jessica their rematch for the Knockouts World Tag Team titles at bound for glory. This time, it'll be Taya Valkyrie and Jessica challenging for the gold. No Rosemary. Because she's sick. Who, Rosemary?
1: No, Jessica. Oh. Her gimmick. Oh, uh- <laughs> oh right.
0: right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Then, please tell me you heard about what happened next.
1: A guy found his just for men and made an appearance.
0: Now, <laughs> <coughs> now I can't officially go on the record and announce this. Uh, he is not officially signed to any kind of contract. He legit was just brought in for that night and also for putting stuff in the can with a bunch of a bunch of backstage stuff in the can for the upcoming tapings next couple weeks.
1: Plus... Because he's still trying to get back into WWE.
0: Plus, he's going to be booked for Bound for Glory on the 7th.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the, the day after for TV tapings, he's going to be booked. Yep. So Bobby Fish shows up.
1: Glad I'm not going to Bound for Glory. Agreed to (laughs)
0: listen. (laughs) I'm I'm like, there's a part of me that's trying to find nice (laughs) nice compromising way to say what I want to say because it hasn't to do with Bobby himself. And it has nothing to do with the fact that Bobby is from 40 minutes away from me. It has nothing to do with that. It's only because I'm thinking about the fact that a buddy of mine that I was in the radio business with, who's still in radio, is basically his producer and co-host of the podcast Mm -hmm. that Bobby does. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think about if I want to parse words here or not. And I'm going to say, fuck that. Motherfucker. What good does it for you, the fan base you are addressing, or the company you just are making an appearance for, to drag mud from your previous company onto their screen? It does mm-hmm. nothing for you. It does nothing for them. It does nothing for the fans in the crowd. It does nothing for the fans watching on Impact Plus. And quite frankly, it does nothing to help you with whatever you're trying to negotiate with trips. Yep. It fucking does nothing. <laughs> you know what it does? It shows that you're just a sensitive little puss with a bunch of sand stuck in its vag. I could have told you that 20 years ago. Like, motherfucker, there's no point in trying to say, and I I, I directly quote here apparently, um, he's not here for the bullshit. I quote bullshit on that because you're dragging <laughs> bullshit into your promo first night in. <laughs> if you're not here for the bullshit, why are you bringing up CM Punk who doesn't even belong in that fucking company? If you're not bringing the bullshit, why? Are you apparently trying to get Kyle and Adam jobs when they don't fucking want them? Only to have have one of them turn around and rot you out to the boss you just had. What fucking good does that do for you? Nothing. (laughs) Fucking nothing. Except give you more gray hair so next time you go to color them. Fuck off. (laughs) Just unbelievable, man. I, I, I'm done I'm, I'm just I'm fucking done like I tried to be I have tried and you can attest to this because like anytime Bobby Fish was brought up on this show before today whether it had to with AEW or, or whatnot I had done my absolute best to never shit on Bobby because A, of him being a local guy and B, the fact that the couple of times I did work with him before, he was nice to me, so fuck it. I might as well be respectable back. What at the point where, fuck all that, like, I get that it's a facade now. I kind of assumed it was, anyways, when I did work with you. But now I really fucking know it was all facade. So you know what? Fuck off, man. Just, just purely fuck off. I, I have run out of words in this moment to run out. I have to, to say what I, what I'm feeling right now, like. I got nothing. You you pick this off because I'm I'm done.
1: Bobby Fish has been a pain in the ass ever since back when he was the infamous jerk Jackson, which is when he really lived up to his name. And the crowd made fun of him and called him Paul Roma. Take take Bobby's facial hair off. He looks like Paul Roma. So the crowd, the crowd used to call him Paul Roma. that's, That's creepy. And he used to wrestle in cow print tights with a belly button ring. Oh, oh yes. You know. and, and I've said this before, like he used because Tony DeVito was his trainer, and he used to have Tony call and beg to have him put on shows. Like CCW would do it, Connecticut Championship Wrestling. They would call Mike Milano and he'd be like, listen, yo, yo can you give this kid a spot? And Mike did once. And it was a freaking debacle. And after that, every time Tony called, he was like, no, Tony, I don't care. Like, if you say you're not going to show up, I'll find something else to do. I love you, but this this has to be a package deal. No,
0: listen. I don't know their opinions of him, but I'm just going to come out and say this. Although I'm assuming it goes unsaid. But if Shell or your main business partner ever even utters the syllables Starts to utter the syllables of that name <laughs> for any show in 2023 and beyond. <laughs> call me and I'll make the three-hour drive to punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> like fuck me. Like really?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, I assume that that goes unsaid, but I just I had to say it just to get it off my chest. Like
1: here, here, I'll cheer you up. Watch this. You were a you were a nineties kid, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: I love Snapple.
1: Snapple elements, baby.
0: Sorry, we just had a moment, but I know it doesn't do anything for the audio only crowd. <laughs> oh, all right, okay, I'm better now. All right, so now we get to six man action uh, with honor no more Edwards, Taven, and Bennett defeating Alexander, Swan, and Heath. Uh, da, da, da. Sure, great. So Eddie gets the pin on Alexander, which obviously just heightens things for the title match and eh, bound for glory. Then, uh, Mickey James. So, Mickey James gives credit to Mia Yim for her performance in the triple threat revolver and then goes ahead and challenges Mia Yim to a match for Bound for Glory. Interesting. So, uh, here's your reward you get to lose to me. Yay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then we get Jordan Grace defend the knockouts title against Maxi Impaler, which Jordan Grace wins. Mm-hmm. After the bell, she gets in the mic and reveals that Masha Slamovich's opponent and Pick Your Poison this Thursday uh, is going to be... Oh, fuck me. Why? Why are we doing this? It's alley catch. Duh. It gets better.
1: Is Effie going to be with her?
0: No. Guess what kind of match it's going to be?
1: The bra panties match.
0: No. <laughs> really? Really? You really. never fucking know nowadays. An impact in 2022?
1: You never know.
0: I'd expect that out of a fucking outlaw dirtbag indie down in Alabama, not in fucking impact.
1: <laughs> so, what is it? Freaking, uh, is a full metal mayhem?
0: Oh, at least you went with an impact themed match. Okay. You're on the right track. Keep going.
1: Just some form of no DQ. <laughs> We're
0: doing a fucking Monsters bull on free TV again.
1: <laughs> with two people.
0: There, oh god, then we get to the end of the night. Last match because you had to save the blood for the last match, plus the barbed wire wrapped N64 controller. <laughs> uh, Steve McEwen's barbed wire massacre over Moose and Sammy Callahan. Thank the good lord. Boy. Um, for that match though, they had an announcement. We're bound for glory. Did you hear about this announcement? No. They're going to induct a new member into the Impact Hall of Fame because that's worth a grain of salt. At Bound for Glory, would you like to take a guess who from old school TNA was announced? I mean, old school TNA. Jeff Jarrett. No. No. I mean, you're in—you're in the right realm of. Isn't Jeff already in it though?
1: I don't—I don't think so.
0: Oh, that's odd, but no.
1: Well, it's because he doesn't have a share in it anymore, so...
0: Oh, true. But no. Uh,
1: AJ Styles.
0: <laughs> well, when I said you're in the right realm, you're in, like, the right age realm.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't freaking know. <laughs> <sighs> oh, RVD? No. Oh.
0: I was trying to do a full stretch. It wasn't working out because of the wall right here. Uh, Rob, um, Raven.
1: Oh okay, yeah okay.
0: Um yeah, so so Ravens is gonna be in Albany. Interesting, interesting.
1: Well, I mean it's not that far of a drive, so
0: um, yeah. All right, so let's see what we have here for Bound for Glory. I know it's not for another week and a half, but fuck it. Let's see what we got here. Obviously Alexander versus Eddie Edwards for the world title. Jordan Lynch, Masha Slamovich for the knockouts title. Taven and Bennett defending the tag titles against Motor City Machine Guns. Bailey defending the X Division title against Kazarian. Uh, Chelsea Green and Deanna Praza defend the knockouts tag titles against Taya and Jessica. Mia Yim against Mickey James. And obviously the induction of Raven into the Impact Hall of Fame. So we have the induction plus three, four, six title matches so far. Yeah, six title matches. And obviously, you can assume there's going to be. I think they usually do two pre show matches. Yeah, before. they do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a, they might even throw in one or two random non title matches just to fill out the card a little more, I'd assume. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where things are at with Impact. I'm trying to remember real quick if there was anything else. I don't think so, aside from the fact I just shit on Fish. <laughs> No, nope, that was it. I had that and raven. Those are the only notes I really had aside from the recaps. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Usually, New Japan and Impact doesn't take us 40 minutes, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: when, it, when you need to shit on Bobby Fish, you need some time. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Speaking of shit, get your notes out. Done. All right. I'm going to try to get through the shows themselves before I get to all the news and notes spewing <laughs> out since then. Uh, first note I have is fuck Judas. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait, wait to give prestige to this quote unquote world title by having it be the curtain jerker.
0: So, I have a few different notes from the so match. Yep. Number one, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What do you think was going through the head of Kerry Silkin sitting ringside for that match?
1: I'm getting paid.
0: Fair. Okay. It's not exactly the quote I got. You have the right number of words picked out, though three.
1: What the actual fuck? <laughs> uh,
0: That'll be, be four words. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, I am my poor baby. That was the, that was the phrase I picked
1: out. Oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah, i had carrie silken with the worst bump of the night
0: yeah that mom well.
1: and that ramp setup was unsafe and stupid
0: what you mean having the 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 weird see-through glass going all the way to the LED bed?
1: ramp that's there and then there's like nothing cover it on the sides and like yeah no like i understand using that LED ramp for like when they first uh, when they first introduced it as being on the floor right having it like that is dangerous
0: well yeah we knew that we knew that, but who said you have to have brains to work at AEW? Uh, apparently. Um, also, is it me? I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna make a uh, you're gonna make a uh, you're gonna you're gonna make a bigger whole, uh, a bigger thing out of this than I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is, it me or is there something weird to the cadence and form of Aubrey Edwards when she's doing a pin count?
1: Everything about Aubrey is stupid.
0: I don't know was going to go there. I don't know there was just some, something very specific to what she was doing a, the, the 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 uh it the pinfall attempts. I don't know I, the cadence just looked
1: weird. It, yeah, it's the way I used to feel about Bill Alfonso back when he was uh back when uh back before the ECW days when um Vince brought him in because he was uh Giant González's handler.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And, like, I always hated the way he refed matches. Like, go back and watch any squash match with Bill Alfonso refing it. Like, the way he would count three, like, it looked so stiff and motionless. And I hated it.
0: Okay.
1: Aubrey Edwards has officially dethroned Bill, Anfo- Bill Alfonso. Oh, Jesus. Well, um, let's talk about that stupid-ass fucking non-bump. Enlighten me. The setup to the finish, where Jericho Irish whips Claudio into the corner, where Aubrey's standing there, and she turns into the corner and goes like this. Oh. Where she was literally already out of the way and could have sidestepped to the left one more spot just to make sure she wasn't in the way. That was the dumbest shit ever.
0: I got something before that. Oh, yeah, me too. Um... Talk about the shittiest fucking Codebreaker counter ever, Mm -hmm. where Joko didn't even fucking bother to try and reach up to grab the fucking head of Claudio to make it look good at all.
1: Everything in that match looked staged, and I even said but my note was, this is a WWE match in an AEW ring with an ROH mask over it. Yeah. Because they were literally doing choreographed, I'm not going to touch you WWE stuff. Because they've both been on TV and they're used to the cameras being out at a wider angle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And the thing is, Claudio knows how to work snug. Jericho doesn't. No shit. Jericho maybe did at one point mm-hmm. and he's forgotten.
0: Yeah, 25 years ago. Right. Um, yeah, so Jericho wins thanks to a low blow in the Judas effect. Great.
1: Worst Judas effect. He didn't even touch him with the Whoa. Judas effect.
0: I didn't even notice it that close. Oh,
1: that's dude. That's what everyone online's been talking about. He didn't even touch him. You could like go. I'm sure like there's Twitter clips. You just watch. It's bad. Broadway. It's bad. And then of course you know the whole thing with you. Know, the code of honor wasn't observed afterwards. And then you know there's wasn't observed there's...
0: beforehand either.
1: No, it was. They shook hands at the beginning.
0: Oh right, like hesitantly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the whole freaking and like the whole thing with Daniel Garcia standing there looking go do Like, just fucking stop it. Just fucking stop. Right. Knock it off.
0: Yeah. Uh, next thing I have in my notes. Scissor me, daddy ass! Jesus fuck. So
1: many things. Okay, number one, all of those robot crane shots they kept doing were doing nothing but exposing the empty seats there. Correct. Which, by the way, total count for the for tickets sold that's including unclaimed tickets through well, se- to 13 through, 3 through or like that? 13321 that arena seats 22,000 yeah first and also with the av- what do you call it so that this is an average tv no matter what they try to say it was an average episode of tv and that means the average price per ticket was $75 for a random ass tv whereas you go to a random ass raw or SmackDown, you can get tickets for 25 bucks. And even ringside seats are a little more expensive, but not that much. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that they were all, this is their first million dollar it. 13,321. The last two times I was at the, I was at the XL center. It was sold out for Ron SmackDown. The XL center holds 16,200.
0: Lick my balls. Um, a point where i thought max legit messed up his knee couldn't really tell for sure might have i don't know there's been no reports of anything since so i'm assuming yeah. he's okay
1: yeah no yeah now he's gonna... got to waste his time for with fucking wheeler useless yeah who then, like you just put him you just put that kid out there to slaughter because he can't cut, i mean granted there aren't many that can cut a promo as good as mjf that are there but that kid was just the wrong choice
0: didn't even get there yet
1: like, literally, he was only out there because he's in the same stable as Moxon Danielson.
0: We didn't even come close to getting there yet.
1: What are you talking about? Was, oh, sorry,
0: yeah. Oh, well, the tag no. title match.
1: Yeah, but the MJF promo was right before that.
0: No, the MJF promo was two segments later.
1: No, the MJF promo was, <laughs> no, MJF promo was before that. It was the because... tag title match. Oh, sorry, nope, I, I scrolled down. It's right, you're bad. My bad, my bad, yes, sorry.
0: Oh, brother. My bad, um, so, yeah. No, oh, fine, that's so... right, yeah,
1: here we go, here we go, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The acclaims I said. So yeah, let's mention glory holes when your fucking partner is gay.
0: I must have missed that. It was during, oh, the, during fucking, the promo, the rap.
1: During the rap, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, that's been escaped down my mind.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, I'd like to point out that Anthony Bowens needs to shut the fuck up. I'm the okay. first gay champion in AEW, so Nyla Rose doesn't exist.
0: Correct. Whoops. Um, so, aside from the obvious Swerve versus Keith Lee angle that's going to be coming up at some point.
1: Which we knew and- was coming. Now what? Uh, now let's, let's fast forward
0: two months. Now, let's assume they have a match at... Uh, fuckity fuck. Um, what the fuck is it? Full gear coming up? Yeah, yeah, full gear. Let's assume they have a match at full gear. In uh, what's going to be November? I think usually. let's
1: assume, but we know it's not going to happen, it's going to be on rampage.
0: Well, that's just fucking dumb, but anyways, let's assume they have their blow off, whatever it be one, two, three matches, fuck all, whatever mm-hmm. they have their blow off. Then what? Then nothing. Well, we're just gonna that's the problem. Swerve into the every ocean is the Atlantic Ocean Championship Division, exactly, or the TNT divisions that we're going to do. Is Keith Lee gonna be the one that takes the belt off Wardlow because he happens to be bigger than Wardlow? Like what the fuck are we doing? No, here? they're
1: gonna feed Keith Lee to Wardlow, and then oh, that's stuck, all you're gonna see from me. Keith Lee. Dude, you could see the look on Keith Lee's face during that whole match. The look on I I I've worked enough people I've worked enough with enough people where you can read them during their fucking matches. And Keith Lee's face during that whole match was, I can't believe I have to carry these fucking kids. I can't believe I have to fucking put them over. I know my fucking push here is over and I want to go back to trips. He was almost in tears at the end because, he you know, he's just like, this is it. Like, why am, I, why am I fucking doing this? That was the look on his fucking face. Like, okay, let me, let me point out a couple things during this match. So the double team spot they went where Lee had fucking Caster up for the power bomb and went to the corner, attack and swerve, swerve gets up on the rope and then swerve and fucking Caster start chicken fighting while Lee's got, why didn't Lee just drop Caster? Like he just stood there for a minute and a half while he let them fucking play chicken, like, oh, like that made no sense. Uh, boombox spot was right in front of the fucking ref with the ref looking right at it. Two matches yep. in a row with a foreign object. Yep. Uh, why is the ref outside? Why did the ref go outside during that? Why are the baby faces cheating?
0: Are you referring to Billy Gunn? Gunn? Okay.
1: Yep. And then afterwards, why is there con- fucking confetti for this tag match, but not for the world tag match that was right before it? Or for the main event?
0: They like pink? I don't know.
1: It's, it, there were just so many things fucking wrong. And then it, and then it was funny because I, I wrote I, I wrote, Lee knows his push is over. And I also wrote during I was like, meanwhile, FDR can't get a match on TV and then We go to the next segment.
0: Right. Which is FTR backstage being interviewed by Lexi, who then gets interrupted by Gun Club. And
1: they made the they made FTR look like a fucking joke. Right. They just FTR just stood there and took everything these fucking kids said and let them walk off and just stood there like despondent. Like you're holding three belts apiece. This is when you kick these kids in the fucking dick. Like you're supposed to be these badass hard noses, and you just let a couple of twenty somethings shit all over you and this is and this is the sandbox you have to play in because like oh well we've been number one contenders for seven weeks motherfucker you've been holding all three of those belts for a long ass time how have you only been
0: number one contenders for seven weeks right then uh yeah then we get to what you started talking about <laughs> yeah I don't know what was more brutal. Yuta trying to go back and forth with Max. <laughs> the shit bump that Tony took for Max. <laughs> or the shit show of Yuta trying to sell for Morrissey. <laughs> I don't know what hurt my heart more.
1: Everything was bad. And you know something, the whole I, the whole setup, the whole setup too is bad because if you look, so, you know, they obviously, the way AEW has their setup with the two tunnels and everything, mm-hmm. you know that works when there's not a giant-ass LED, scre- LED screen behind those two tunnels? Because then they don't look like tunnels. They, look, they just look like circles in front of a big screen where you can tell the guys are coming out from the side of the screen and then through the tunnel. Like, can just little them? things like that on TV don't look right.
0: Can I bring up a novel idea? Sure. Can we just get rid of the two entrance ways?
1: Well, no, because we have to let people know who are first tuning in. Who's the babyface? Fuck the heel. off! Even though, even though we don't believe in babyfaces and heels in AEW.
0: And not only that, the faces come out of the heel tunnel and heels come out of the face tunnel all the fucking time. There's no real designation there.
1: Only when it's pack.
0: And Danielson seems to never know either. He comes out whatever side he fucking wants to. It seems like that's true. Like. What's the fucking point? Um, then we get Jaden the Baddies. They do the pre-tape backstage with Tony, who's interrupted by Diamante.
1: I who wrote fucking, who? Who are who's these is this women? Trina chick.
0: I don't fucking fuck know. Trina? Uh, like, I'm sorry. I like to think I'm cultured. Who the fuck is Trina? I don't fucking know. Like, I know she's from South Florida because obviously she's from the 305. Who the fuck is Trina? I don't fucking know. Katrina Laverne Taylor, professionally known as Trina. I, I, oh, that's okay. She was to prominence in 1990s. Cool. When she was in a, a song with Trick Daddy.
1: Trick Daddy was in the 90s? I only remember apparently, Trick Daddy from 2006.
0: Apparently. She also had a single that went to top, that was top a top 30 song in 2013. She was uh, like... We're pimping out a 40-some-odd-year-old rapper who doesn't really do anything anymore. Because we active. didn't have
1: enough rappers on this fucking show. She's
0: not even act- uh, active on the music scene. She does love and hip-hop on MTV. More than she. That's why.
1: More... That's why.
0: She spends more time on loving hip-hop than she does actually in a fucking recording studio. So we're just going to pimp her out. And then you eventually, at some point over the weekend, have fucking Jade Cargill asking Lil Nas to show up at some point. Like, I fucking call,
1: dude, I've called this. I've called this. What? What show is she on?
0: Love and Hip Hop. Which is on? MTV.
1: Which is owned by?
0: No, 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 no. You're not going there. No, 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 no.
1: He's already kissing Paramount's ass.
0: No, no. no. Although it is a second-rate wrestling company, so it actually kind of fit on a second-rate TV channel. But no.
1: He's kissing Paramount's ass.
0: No, I don't want Wendy Williams on my TV. No, I know we already got her in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that caught me funny, that was good. Um, so, um, I have a question. Yes. Uh, When's the last time you knocked somebody out with a ring bell hammer? <laughs> and on, nobody could fucking see it.
1: Hold on, hold on here, here, here. I've got something heavier than a ring bell hammer. I got this sharpie here.
0: I mean, first off, the whole match itself just a no,
1: dude. Okay, number one, number one. So fucking Sockface kept mentioning Revolution 2020 because apparently they faced each other there. Wasn't that the fucking show where Orange Cassidy got knocked the fuck out and they kept going? And like everyone was worried about Orange Cassidy, like because he was legit knocked out and they and Pac just kept like dragging him in.
0: Bear with me. Please hold. Oh, did you know Orange is 38? I didn't know he was that old already. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You said revolution, right?
1: Yeah, they said revolution twenty twenty.
0: Revolution defeated by Pac. His performance was praised by critics. There's nothing.
1: I don't know because it, it was around that time that they had the match where like he legit got knocked the fuck out, and everyone was talking like this you this shouldn't this match shouldn't have kept
0: going. <sighs> Let me see here. Let me try to see if there's anything. I mean, I'm not seeing any kind of news really that anyways. I go ahead. Is it was there something else you wanted to bring up? Supposed...
1: No, let's see. Do, 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 do. Three matches ha! in a row. Oh, what?
0: Oh my god. No. i did not just fucking see that. No, no. What? No. No. What? No. Tell me. You gotta. So on Google, I switched the tab from all in my search to the news. Yeah. The first blog, and I am sh- and I know it's a blog because it's not a professional media organization. Yeah. The first blog at the very top of the news screen when I searched Orange Cassidy, Pac, AEW Revolution 2020. That's the uh-huh. exact phrase I used. Yeah. The headline reads, quote, Pac and Orange Cassidy are the best rivalry in pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> God help me (laughs) who are these so-called journalists saying this shit I mean fuck it I'm gonna call them the cultured vultures whoever the (laughs) fuck you are cultured vultures yeah Oh, they do video games. Oh, they they do reviews like video games and TV and shit. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, oh God! Oh God! What? No, I I need to read the opening of this of this blog. Oh
1: God! Hulk Hogan
0: and Randy Savage. (laughs) It gets worse. Bret
1: Hart and Shawn Michaels.
0: No, then Steve Austin and The Rock. Oh Jesus! John Cena and Randy Orton. Vince McMahon and basic human decency oh god pro wrestling as a medium thrives on building big money rivalries (laughs) the kind of titanic clash between opposing forces that you simply have to buy the pay-per-view to see who comes out on top among all the pro wrestling going on today amidst all the white hot feuds in every major wrestling company one pairing has stood out in recent years AEW's ongoing rivalry between the lazy layabout slacker Orange Cassidy and the brooding brutal tryhard Pac. Oh my, first of all you don't need all those fucking adjectives for those White
1: hot big money
0: rivalry. (laughs) Right, right right. Second of all the fact even came close to quoting our show name in that sentence, I want to fucking shoot you in the penis for it.
1: Tell number- God's buddy that. <laughs> Send him this so he knows what
0: Cease and assist the blog right now. Cease and assist right now.
1: I'm just thinking about it. Therefore it happened.
0: <laughs> and number three. Declassified. How dare you cultured vultures? I don't know who you are or where you're from. How Put those names into the same paragraph of writing at the same time. Fuck you. (laughs) And he eventually calls Orange, whoever wrote this, eventually also calls Orange Cassidy the king of sloth style. Who makes this shit up? Who is? I'm this pretty
1: guy? sure no one else works or in Cassidy's gimmick.
0: Who the so. fuck is this retard that wrote this? I really shouldn't say that word, but still, oh my god! Like who? What? Who? Who in the name of their mommy's basement? Ryan <laughs> Stevens. Ryan, good sir, you should you should just stick to being a playwright and a director of community theater and not write about wrestling. <laughs> just, see, I'm not shitting you. Uh, that's actually the first part of his bio. He mentions how he's a playwright and a director. Stick to your community theater <laughs> bullshit. Stop running about wrestling, please.
1: Non-repertory. <laughs>
0: uh, Any hooser. I just uh...
1: Yeah, my final note was just uh, three matches in a row with a foreign object and a dirty finish.
0: Um, so then we get the four Way for the woman's title. Terrible. Where uh, Athena decides to break Britt's nose on a very stupid fucking move.
1: Nah. Was that I the, guess, like, I guess double Athena. knees gimmick?
0: No, it was the, the, I don't know if it was, like, a double suplex or some weird shit. It was towards the end of the match. Yeah. And all I, all I know is that whoever was, who the fuck was, who was the other girl involved in that? Was it Tony, maybe? No, it was uh, d- d- Serena. Oh, Serena? Yeah. So Serena lands clean because she's the true suplex. Right. So she lands and out of harm's way. Yeah. Fucking Athena's ass just falls right on the face. Like, that's a hard ass. Just, just. And the worst part is I could see it right away. Like, it wasn't even that hard to fucking see that she clearly fucked up Brit. Yeah. Like before, there was any blood. Before there was any camera shot of Britt, I knew right away she done fucked up.
1: I would just like to one understand understand one thing.
0: How does Britt Baker constantly break her nose? I don't know.
1: Well, that no, that doesn't. how is it that someone who has failed at winning the secondary women's title on numerous occasions in recent memory is all of a sudden in a championship title? match for the main women's title?
0: Because the programming just happened to work that way. I don't
1: Damn really know. dog broke the curtain rod.
0: Maybe if Ruby Soho didn't get hurt, it would have been her instead of Athena in that program.
1: I mean, they have other people.
0: You're asking me to make sense of Tony Khan's co headed brain, okay? Put
1: Trina in there.
0: Now that's a face I wouldn't mind seeing a boasted nose on. She um, has a
1: no-bump contract.
0: Oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck you so much. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so Storm retains the interim woman's title. Then Deeb and Baker start beating down Athena and Storm. Hater comes down, and apparently it was all the work. Hater and Brit are on good terms. Swerve, term. bro. Yeah, swerve, bro. We're going to swerve them on the swerve, bro. Now we get to...
1: Hi, everybody.
0: I need to understand something here. <laughs> I need the keyboard warriors to pull their seats a little closer. Get out of jack off distance. Get a little closer now. Get Move in that, that, that two inches of fist that you usually have down there. Okay? There you go. Get a little closer now. And either put headphones on or get your ear a little closer to your computer speaker because I have a very important question to ask you. Soraya is medically cleared to physically compete. And why the fuck for Hader, Baker, Three and Deeb powder. getting out of the ring?
1: Three heels, powder for someone slowly walking to the ring.
0: Who hasn't wrestled in years. hmm How does that logic work? I'll tell you why. She can't fucking wrestle. Yep. I don't care what she goes on the t- on uh, fucking TBS and say this Wednesday. I don't give a fuck what she says. There is no fucking way.
1: I'll tell Edge you one is, thing. That-
0: Edge is one thing because he rehabbed the neck. He built strength in the neck. He was working out constantly while out. Of business. Yep. Soraya is out getting tattoos and going to rock concerts. Mm -hmm. She's not keeping herself in ring shape properly to the point where she would strengthen the muscles around the neck. And then all of a sudden walk into a doctor's office eight years later and go, oh, poof, I'm fine. (laughs) No. Not only that.
1: that. Not only that. Here's the issue. Number one, WWE kept her on the payroll for years after she wasn't mentally cleared. Like Correct. she was, she stayed on the damn payroll doing the backstage stuff, doing, you know, doing the backstage show, doing all that stuff. They kept her on as long as possible. And if she was medically cleared, she would have been one of the first people Tripp scooped back up when he took over. Like her contract came to an end. They couldn't come to a renegotiation. Why? Because she cannot compete. If she could compete, they would have had her in the fucking ring already because they, WWE knows that there would have been money in it.
0: And all you gotta do is think about because here's 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 this is the easy way to explain why the contract would have already been there. Mm-hmm. When you reflect back, Paige essentially ended her in-ring career in the first weeks of the four horsewomen being on the main rosters. Yep. Weeks! Mm-hmm. So you have all these matches with Sasha we never saw, with Charlotte, Bailey, now add in Asuka, Alexa Bliss, EO Sky, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, um, Sheena Baszler, Shotzi, Ronda Rousey, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like did I forget Becky Lynch or did I say Becky Lynch?
1: You, yeah, you didn't say her, but it was it, it was implied. Yeah, it was implied. Yeah, and like we're talking, we're talking the we're talking the main roster version of these women because obviously she had matches with some of them in NXT, but that was when they were all still learning. Like, and they were great matches, but they could put in put in even this more. This is when
0: Alexa Bliss was throwing glitter and still thought she was a right. fucking cheerleader.
1: Hell, Paige and Bianca would be money.
0: B- Bianca, thank you. Rhea Ripley.
1: Yes. Yes. Fuck, if Nicky Paige was quick, cleared, Nicky. they could have put Paige with fucking Judgment Day instead of Rhea.
0: Fuck. I'll even I'd even say Paige and Nikki, mm-hmm. Paige and Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure they they crossed paths once uh, a few times in Europe at some point mm-hmm. at younger incant, incant, uh, incantations of, the, of themselves. Yeah. Like the money is there. Right. The money match is already there.
1: Right. You, but you if know. she can't work, they obviously can't use her. It's- so that's why they released her. She can only stay on the sympathy payroll for so long.
0: God. Now watch. She's going to come out Wednesday night and announce she's been signed as a coach. And everybody's going to be like, "Oh." And then we're going to come on next Monday and be like,
1: soon I'll be ready. We fucking told you so. Yep.
0: Next, we get a Darby pre tape vignette for Rampage where he's carrying around a body bag.
1: Oh, wow. I completely fast forwarded past that.
0: Good. It wasn't worth watching for 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the main event. MJF is watching in the fucking upper deck box while holding his casino chip, which was upside down on the first showing. And then he was right side up the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. You know how I know it was upside down?
1: The, the AEW logo. logo. Yeah, champ.
0: Yep, I'm sure and let's just
1: show here. that there's that there's VIP boxes all around there, and there's only one with a person in it, and no one else is. Uh, that just shows that no one gives a fuck about this company,
0: right? And that they didn't even try selling VIP boxes because they weren't right. even available, right? Fucking idiots.
1: Even so, like you, 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 make you make a cordial invite to people like Warner Discovery to sit in one of the VIP boxes, nope. so it works, Leo. Nope. Nope. You
0: know what that would require? Effort. Uh, I was going for a two-word phrase, actually.
1: Giving a fuck. That's more than two words.
0: <laughs> Something we have, but clearly Tony Khan doesn't. Class. Common sense. Yeah. So, or fuck fuck that, just advertisers. Yeah. Like, bring Domino's in. Do it make good for the pizza cutter incident with Nick Gage? Um,
1: you just blew my spot for SmackDown.
0: Oh oh oh! oh God. <laughs> nice. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. What else? You know, bring in fucking bring in State Farm. They're a big advertiser for you guys. Bring in State Farm.
1: Did Have- you notice? Here's something. Like usually, so usually when they go to the picture in picture, which they did in every fucking match again this time. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's filled with advertisers. This time, almost I think every picture in picture was led in with a commercial for Rampage.
0: Or the uh, suicide prevention promo they did that one.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Commercial break. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Why? Because it's two hours, baby.
1: Because they need people to watch it.
0: So then we get. uh... So I know you still don't know how to time a show, Tony. So I know.
1: We're going to stay with this till the end. And then they didn't.
0: No, 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 no. Not even that. Because we get the pinfall, which is the most important part. You clearly still don't know how to time a show so we could see Danielson put the belt around Moxley.
1: Nope. So it goes off the air looking like Danielson is fighting with Regal. Good job. But we're going to stay with this till the end. Right. Good job. Because, you know, we got to make sure, don't worry, we're not going to, you know, we're going to go with this to the end. We're not going to get preempted by young Sheldon.
0: buy 60 seconds, could you? No, 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 that would have been, that would have been like pulling hair. No.
1: And dude, so, okay, so let me figure this out, right? I I really want to, so, so lit quite literally one year ago, Brian Danielson went 60 minutes in that very stadium. With Twinkle Toes McFinger fucked and couldn't yep. win. Yep. And this year can only go 15 minutes with Moxley. Yep. This is what we're supposed to believe. Yep. We're supposed to believe that Brian Danielson passes out to everyone lately yep. and is up five seconds later. Yep. We're also supposed to not think that Moxley's winning this match when they projected it with Danielson giving him every finisher he's ever used and Moxley kicking out whatever and then Moxley winning after two Death Riders.
0: Yeah. I don't see the problem.
1: What's wrong? He pulled out the goddamn cattle mutilation.
0: That's what the problem is. So now here comes the interesting question. Did you actually watch Rampage? No! Oh, great. I get to go over two hours. I had to be
1: up at 7 game. the next morning. I said, fuck this game.
0: It's called a DVR.
1: My DVR does not get wasted on shit like that.
0: you waste wasted on Dynamite.
1: The, the, only because I wasn't watching it at the time. I never you know, watched was... Rampage.
0: All right, so here's your two-hour Rampage.
1: I know the shit that happened.
0: <laughs> so... We're hot out of the gate, brother. As Buddy and Brody are making their entrance, Sting and Shitface face painted McGee, Darby, walks up behind them and they attack him right at the top of the entranceway. That's cool.
1: Gotta have a jump start.
0: Um, Sting clearly hurts his knee at some point. Shocker, 60-plus-year-old man getting hurt inside a wrestling ring came and fucking jump high enough to make the corner splash. He does look good. That's great. Somebody get to the spot at the end of the match. A couple of spots. You've handcuffed Sting. <laughs> you sat him in a chair. <laughs> Buddy had... I can't remember if Buddy had something in his hand or if he was just standing there. I can't remember. <laughs> Sting starts laughing because he's fucking mm-hmm. psycho. We get a blackout
1: because that's what AEW does for everyone.
0: Of all the people in the world, let's not bring Miro in, who is just part of the program with Darby Sting in the House of Black. Nope. 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 Fuck that. Let's not even book Miro for this fucking nope event. Nope. Nope. Fuck that. No. And I get there's a tie-in eventually, which I'll cover after I get through Rampage. Still. The Great Muta?
1: Because reasons, bro. Because they needed that surprise on Rampage like they did last year with Homicide.
0: The Great Muta?
1: Well, you know... I'm sure in the longer plan, it was supposed to be Muda misting Malachi Black. Sure. In the longer run of things, but you know, Malachi's gone. Because I'm pretty sure this was supposed to be Sting and Darby versus the Kings of the Black Throne.
0: Right. From the House of Black. So... So Great Muda does Great Muda things. hmm Does a dragon screw leg whip on Buddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we eventually get.
1: And then Sting-, Sting magically gets out of the handcuffs. Right.
0: <laughs> Which gets funny later, by the way. It gets funny later in the show. I'll explain why at some point. I'm trying to remember what match it was part of. Um. So Somebody, don't quote me. I'm pretty sure it was Bud D. Bumps into all of ninety pounds, soaking wet Julia Hart, who's on the ring apron for whatever fucking reason. Mm-hmm. She halfway overshoots the table set up behind her outside. Which allows her head to bang against not the padding down on the side, but it bangs on the whatever the fuck was covering the tennis court there. Like platform, like rubber, like thick rubber platform, I think, something like that. And then missed it. Sting hits the uh, Scorpion death drop and that's cool. We
1: forgot the, the other table spot earlier in the match where Darby busted his fucking head open.
0: Yeah, because he was getting choked by Brody and eventually <clears throat> Darby was able to get his footing and just kind of he <laughs> Just turn and jump, baby! Five
1: staples in his head posted on Twitter, worth it.
0: <laughs> worth it for what? Because he's a fucking... He's a junkie. He's a junkie for stupid shit. You don't know this by now? He's, a, he's, a, he's an extreme sports junkie. He's an idiot. What is nothing to him? Shit, broken bones are nothing to him. You, you should know this by now. Come on. Apparently, Julia's okay. Thank the good Lord. Um.
1: But Tony Khan didn't book that to happen. Bullshit. According to according to basement goblins who want to you argue you tell with me.
0: me what what writer or uh fucking uh agent would not have known about that spot? Exactly. I want you to tell me what agent in good faith would not know about any table spot in any match ever.
1: Try to explain that to these neckbeards. I sent you the screenshots.
0: You can't sit there and tell me Tony Khan didn't know about this, or at least the I agent know. for the, or at least the agent of the match didn't know this was happening. Which
1: the agent would have gone to Tony Khan because Tony Khan, I book everything and everything goes through me. Right. Of course, I bet you I know who is the agent for that match. Didn't you see they announced uh, two of the two of the newest producers, uh, uh, producers for matches there.
0: Well, Luther is one,
1: and Serpentico. So I'm guaranteeing that was Luther.
0: Super is completely worthwhile.
1: Um, I guarantee Luther fucking aged in that match.
0: And then we continue into the House of Black stuff, where uh fucking Buddy Matthews is at an indie show over the weekend, saying he's taking a break to recharge himself.
1: <laughs> he wants and then,
0: out. and then Brody goes on Twitter saying, "I'm not fucking going anywhere." <laughs> so it looks like the House of Black is going to be the House of Brody. Brody Hart. <laughs>
1: And Brody's not going to be on... Brody's going to be on YouTube now. Because they're not going to push him as a single. Oh, you know what's
0: going to happen? You know what's going to happen? What? <laughs> He's going to inherit the Dark Order. Oh, God.
1: That would be so wrong.
0: Um, in other news involving that match, by the way, uh, the reason the Great Muda actually made sense, even though it was horrible, uh, Sting's apparently going to take part in Great Muda's retirement match, which is taking place in fucking January, yep. five months away, no, four, excuse me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: January 22nd, Yokohama for Pro Wrestling Noah. Mm-hmm. So that's why Muda was involved. Still didn't make a fucking lick of sense, but... Right.
1: You would think with it being Muda's retirement match, they would have it happen at Wrestle Kingdom.
0: Uh, I'm assuming he wrestled for both.
1: He wrestled for both All Japan and New Japan, yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that would like make sense.
1: Because they did the whole big thing for Liger a few years back. You figured they would do right. the same honors for Muda.
0: Maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, probably, yeah. Shit, they even did shit for Yuji Nagata. Right. Um.
1: And what sucks is you know it's going to be some bullshit like fucking eight-man tag.
0: Probably. We'll get to match number two. Another tag match. <laughs> And it was the first time I finally realized that this whole event had no tag ropes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I did notice that.
0: Uh, my other notes in this match: Hook just looks awkward running the ropes because I never seen him run the ropes till Friday. That Friday night show.
1: Because he never has, and he's had seven matches.
0: That's my point. Uh, the oversized tank top is a horrible look for Action Bronson because of how much weight <laughs> he's lost. Yeah. It looks like a fucking dress on him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and shocker, Hook and Action Bronson beat Menard and Parker. Yep. That's that's all I got there.
1: The the, the, the the barely fucking green rookie and the guy with the no-bub claws beat yeah. the established tag team who are part of the biggest heel stand coming in the
0: And shocking, Action Bronson did not take any buffs. Shocking. Just complete and utter shock there. Um, <clears throat> Then we get Wardlow and Joe against Neeson Woods in the tag match. That's three tag matches in a row to start the show if you're counting. Uh, Wardlow looks like he hurts his knee going over the top rope to the outside with Woods. Uh, Joe and Wardle eventually beat Neeson Woods and then Smart Mark suffers the powerbomb symphony from Wardlow cause reasons.
1: Uh, apparently Wardlow is probably injured. So get ready for another interim title tournament.
0: Not even just to be an interim. It's going to be an interim TNT title ladder match. Oh God. Don't you know that Bro. Interim TNT titles are always a ladder match, bro.
1: bro. Oh, no. no, that'll be the unification. Because when Sammy won the interim TNT title, it was just a regular-ass oh, right.
0: match. Yeah. Right. Oh, you're right. Then we got, uh, apparently we're using uh, Jungle Boy's real name as part of his name now.
1: Yeah, because he's changing his gimmick to Fightin' Jack Perry.
0: So Jungle Boy beats Ray Phoenix because that makes sense in any world.
1: Because babyface versus babyface. Sure. And Ray uh, Phoenix always beats.
0: Then after the match, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus attacks Jungle Boy. Christian gets in the ring and says, "Don't come back, to Jungle Boy." Let me. I'm gonna surprise everyone. Jungle Boy's coming back. <laughs> um, finally, that Boy's was not
1: coming back fighting Jack Perry. It, it took back.
0: it took four matches to get to our first singles match. If you're counting, by the way. Yep. Uh, then we get Jericho doing a backstage interview that was recorded from Wednesday night from after he won the ROH title. Uh-huh. And he tells Daniel Garcia, don't fucking worry about whatever. Oh, not not the, at the honor shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Let's go fucking celebrate, whatever. Uh, then we get Eddie Kingston beating Sammy Guevara. And as you mentioned, they did.
1: <laughs> Red Hart and Jerry Lawler, SummerSlam 1993.
0: I think this is the match, by the way, where fucking. Somehow a chair got involved in the match. I can't remember how or when. But the chair they tossed in was the same exact fucking chair Sting was sitting in. So the remainder remainder chain of the handcuffs slid in with the chair.
1: That's great.
0: Fucking ridiculous. So Eddie beats Guevara technically, but he refuses to release his submission even after agents and referees come down to stop to break him off. Decision gets reversed by the referee, which I believe was Bryce, yes. No, 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 That's right. Bryce was the one of fishing the match, but Paul Turner, who's the senior referee, uh-huh. is the one who reversed the decision, um, giving Sammy the win by DQ. Then Eddie takes out security, who's not really security, a bunch of indie guys.
1: So tell me, uh, just j- just for the record, when's the last time we saw a disqualification of any sort in AEW?
0: Uh, I thought disqualifications didn't happen in AEW.
1: Pretty much.
0: Oh fucking no. I don't know. Reasons, I don't know. Then, uh, for the third time in this uh, this uh, this event in uh, Queens, somebody tweaks their knee during a match.
1: <laughs>
0: Jade Cardell tweaked her knee when she was catching Diamante doing a dive off the apron.
1: Because they're both Jade, terrible.
0: Jade eventually wins and retains the TBS title. Shocker. Uh, then we get Hangman winning the Battle Royale.
1: I have words.
0: To earn the AEW title match on Dynamite on the 18th When I think that's the Toronto show. if I'm Uh-huh. Um, I have words. I think I forgot one match on here, but go ahead.
1: Okay, so. I would just like to rewind this whole situation of how AEW is in the state that it is and take it back to the fact that their champion put the blame, like their former champion put all this blame on Adam Page
0: uh-huh.
1: from the get-go. Adam Page went into business in himself back for himself back in May with one line of a promo, supposedly. And then Adam Page is an empty-headed fuck that I have to deal with quoted from the media scrum. Adam Page is the source of all these problems as to why CM Punk got into a fistfight backstage with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Adam right. Page is the reason CM Punk is not suspended. If Adam Page is this much of the problem, why are we putting Adam Page back in the main event?
0: Because Tony Khan's a pussy. that answer your question? Pretty much. That's a pretty straightforward answer, I think. <clears throat> what was the thing I forgot to put in here? The battle royale. Oh, the lights out match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky beating powerhouse Hobbs. That's what it was. That was a lights out match. Yep. When did they fucking say it was a lights out match? Oh, uh, they announced it during Dynamite. What's the when, they were, when they were doing the uh, the five times speed preview of the card with Sockface before the main event of Danielson and Moxley. Hence why. So he that's another lights
1: out match we had this year. Yep. So that's what, eight total in the last two years?
0: Yep. Yep. Jesus. Yep. And why? Say it with me. One, Reasons. two.
1: Reasons. Sorry.
0: You, <laughs> you fucking dick.
1: I didn't hear you. I said it before you started going one,
0: two. <laughs> oh. oh, lovely. Guess who's.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Jericho's making his first defense of the ROH World title on Wednesday night on Dynamite. Guess who it's against? Wheeler Yuta. No. Give you a hint. It's a former ROH star that has never... I don't think he has. At least I don't think he has. uh, Never appeared on AEW TV. And don't go too far back in your mind to figure out who it is. It's a recent star. Flip Gordon. Uh, you're on the right track as far as like moveset and shit like that. Uh think of Mexico.
1: Uh Bandito? Yep. Bandito's been on or or no. Yes, no.
0: Was he on actual TV?
1: Wasn't he, he was yeah, on wasn't TV? he on one of the cla- the one of the Battle of the Belts?
0: I thought he was on pay per view, but not TV. I could be wrong.
1: Maybe it wasn't on Battle of the Belts. Maybe you're so right, uh.
0: yeah, that was that was just announced on Twitter, literally two and a half hours ago. Jesus, lovely. Uh, also, we have booked for this week: Moxley versus Juice Robinson, a world title eliminator match. Mm-hmm. Jericho's championship celebration. So we're having a champion. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> yeah. So. Apparently, we're going to open the show with a championship celebration, and I'm going to assume Jericho's going to defend the title in the main event mm-hmm. against Bandito. Good to know where your opening and closing segments for the show are already. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's not make that a surprise at all. Uh, and then there's going to be two different promo segments with Soraya and MJF. Yay.
1: Everyone. Okay, so first off, let me talk about uh, Jericho and the ROH belt. Yep. Okay, basement goblins need to realize that just because Jericho has the ROH belt doesn't mean ROH has a TV deal coming. Correct. Because they're all like, oh, well that yo, know, you want to you want to put it on the back of an established name like Jericho. What Claudio was an established previous WWE name that was on fucking WWE less than fucking six months ago.
0: I have a similar argument to bring you up. Go ahead. AEW fans can no longer try to use the argument of WWE always puts the belts in the same guys. You can, yeah. make, you can no longer make that argument. Yeah. Ever, ever again. Yeah. Never do it again. You can't. You just fucking can't. Like, like, no! That argument is no one void from here on out.
1: I'm also telling you one other thing. That AEW title is changing hands in the next two, within the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because people seem to forget. Number one, there was a reason Moxley was originally supposed to take a vacation. But number two, um, in the middle of October, uh, two and a half weeks from now, Mm -hmm. Moxley has a match in GCW. (laughs) Moxley defending the GCW championship against Nick Gage, where it's title versus career.
0: It's Nick Gage's
1: last shot at the title.
0: You know how that's ending.
1: Exactly, so there's two ways this ends Either Moxley drops the AEW title within the next two weeks Or Tony Khan looks like the biggest of the biggest jokes In fucking promoter history If he elects his world champion go and do the job To Nick Gage
0: Do you think he cares about that?
1: He should, because they, they mentioned GCW
0: all right, I'm gonna ask the question again. Do you think he cares about that? Don't give me the shoulds. Does he?
1: I would think he does, considering he his bread and butter is the fucking internet.
0: He's too busy with Jacksonville being two and one in the AFC South right now. He
1: no <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my team's one and two, and still has a better chance to get in the playoffs than Jacksonville.
0: My team is two and zero, oh, going for three and zero oh tonight. Go Giants. Um... Eddie Hooser. Uh, other news on AEW on the outside Ruby Soho got surgery on a broken nose, suffered it all out. Mm-hmm. No timetable yet for her return. And finally, uh, I mean, this was pretty much assumed already, but official word out CM Punk likely not returning, maybe receiving a contract buyout, which leads me to show this on the YouTubes. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, apparently, the dirtysheets.com don't know who the fuck that is. Don't care right now because we're taking it. They did the math on CM Punk. CM Punk money from WWE in 2005 to 2014. He earned nine and a half million dollars, including 9.75 million in his final contract.
1: So that was for nine years. so he was basically making a million a year.
0: Right. CM Punk in UFC for two fights two shitty fights at that made 1.2 million. God bless Dana White. Hmm. CM Punk and AEW 13 months with potential buyout coming up, $9.6 million.
1: And what have I been saying for the last year? The Tony Khan signed Punk for $10 million. Oh
0: man. He's like pissing money away. Like it's nobody's business. And um, before we leave AEW, I must leave you with this. Oh, yeah. Why are we making C- uh, MJF saying he's a devil worshiper a t shirt?
1: Because Tony Khan is too focused on the 18 and over demographic. Ain't no kids going to be able to wear that shirt and uh, buy that shirt and wear it to school.
0: No shit. Unreal.
1: Dude needs to realize the reason WWE has made money over the years is because people can and will bring their children to it.
0: And who drives the pocketbooks in the family?
1: The parents. The parents what? buy stuff for the children.
0: There we go. Thank you. You make
1: more money off a family unit than you do off a single lonely basement goblin.
0: I mean- I bought tickets for the Speaking Creed seven months ago, and I camped out three nights ago to make sure I was first in line. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. (laughs) Um, Eddie Hooser, I think that covers everything for AEW. That covers all our anger and spite and shit. Uh, (laughs) So before we get into Mohawk Honda, wow, before we get into WWE, let's talk about Mohawk Honda, shall we? Sure. Damn, I don't know how to fucking talk today. So, yeah, yeah, Uh, in case you noticed, Uh, It's starting to get fucking cold out. sure Mohawk Honda's going to appreciate me starting their read by saying that, but yeah, it's getting cold out. I got my wife buying pumpkin-flavored stuff for food. I drove around today bringing family members to doctor's appointments, picking up my niece from school. The leaves are just looking orange and yellow and shit. It's fall. Seasons may change, but guess what doesn't change? The buying experience from Mohawk Honda because they always greet you with a smile, they always treat you with respect, and they make sure that you get the best deal for the less, the least amount of money possible. The new vehicle inventory of 2023 is just ramping up right now. Pilots, passports, ridgelines all showing up on lot, but it's also still the best time ever to sell your vehicle as Mohawk Honda buys cars, and in some cases, you may be able to sell it for more than you paid for it originally. Just another advantage that you get from visiting the number one volume dealer in the capital region, as General Manager Greg Johnson and his team of sales consultants are always available to help you in the buying process, and you can always stop in and say hi to Scott Moynihan making his return to Mohawk Conda and bringing 30 plus years of automotive experience with him. The staff may change. The leads may change. The same quality service never changed at Mohawk Conda. Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia where they always go out of their way to please you. Speaking of pleasing you, let's get Jaggedy. to WWE. <laughs> Yiggity giggity is right. Uh, NXT. What do I have here? We already went through the spoilers of yeah. last week's show in last week's episode. Yep. Um Did we go through the spoilers at all for
1: this is upcoming episode? week? We didn't. But we already if know what I happens. Seen
0: them? Ever?
1: Yeah, that's the one where Tony Angelo gets injured.
0: Right. I'm trying to remember if I actually have seen the spoilers on the site where.
1: There was one thing that happened on TV that wasn't released in the spoilers where we all went, what the actual fuck?
0: Um, oh, the stripping of the North American title? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. I mean... In a way, I guess we kind of saw that coming, per se.
1: I mean, I just... The thing is, you can't, like, you can't, like, the whole thing is, oh, well, he's on SmackDown, so he can't have the North American title. Yet you have Apollo and Ricochet and other main roster people showing up in NXT and challenging for those titles. So why not? Is this the precedent that you sent? Is this the precedent you send that now every time you send someone down, from the main roster and you put them in a program with the champion, if they win, that means that, boom, They why didn't they do that to Dolph? Dolph was still appearing on Raw while he was NXT champion.
0: I have nothing for you.
1: It's just terrible fucking booking. It's... Sean... Sean can be a trainer all that he wants. Sean does not know how to book.
0: Yeah. I know, but... It is what it is. I got nothing for you on that one.
1: And then, like, I'm sorry, but we're getting into AEW territory where it's like, oh, what do we do? Let's have a fucking multi-man ladder match.
0: Yeah, so they stripped the belt off Sola Sokoa, and then, of course, <clears throat> with uh, Mello in the room, Mello's like, alright, thank you for giving my belt back, and Sean basically goes not so fast. We're going to have ourselves a five-man ladder match with Mello as the only automatic qualifier for the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four other spots will be filled by qualifying matches, mm-hmm. in which, bear with me, I'm still scrolling for NXT spoilers for tomorrow night, bear mm-hmm. with me. Um, so they had uh, one qualifier in last week's episode, which was Oro Mensa
1: mm-hmm.
0: in his NXT debut going over on Grayson Waller
1: mm-hmm.
0: to get into the, uh, the latter match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming they're going to do a... Which is
1: the same mistake they did with A-Kid the last time they had one of these five ways.
0: Right. Right. Because um, one would assume they're going to put um... Oh, um... Oh, what am I going to say? Um...
1: Whoever wins the best of three with Axiom and Nathan Frazier?
0: Right. That would be my guess. Um... Yeah, still trying to find these goddamn spoilers for NXT. I'm just drawing a blank right now.
1: If you find the ones for last week, it was all in the same thing because they taped two weeks in advance.
0: Maybe it was, uh, anyways. Um, just other notes I made from the actual show that were just detailed, per se. Uh, number one. Can someone take the hair off of Sangha's chest and torso and make a quilt out of it already? <laughs> like, Jesus fuck, man! Like, yes. Can God you damn. tell Matt Bloom's his trainer? Just a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Um, fucking a. All right, let's see. Oh yeah, it is all in the same. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. At least in the site I use, I'm shocked by that. All right. Um, and then the other note I made. Uh, the airplane spin by Tyler Bate is just fucking insanity. Yep. I can't think of anyone that does it like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from that, uh, let's look into the spoilers for tonight. If you don't want to hear the spoilers for NXT tomorrow night, consider this your five-second countdown to fast-forward ahead (laughs) so you won't hear it. Um, Oh, yeah. Five, four... Three, two, and one. That all being said, looking at the show for tomorrow night, here's what it looks like. They're going to open with Joe Gacy beating Cameron Grimes one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And they also show the person that red hoodie again in the crowd. Yep. Who the fuck is that? I have no idea, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Then they have Sol Ruka finally make her debut, beating Amari Miller. Yep. That seems to be the welcome mat for most women that come into NXT these days. <laughs> uh, then we get Nikita Lines being one half of the women's tag champs Caden Carter in singles action. We know where this is going. Okay. Then we had Dragunov come to the ring, cut a promo about winning the NXT UK title and never losing it. He had to vacate it. Mm-hmm. JD McDonough comes out, exchanges words with Ilya, then Braun Breaker comes out. Um... So
1: that's up a three-way.
0: And then, yeah, they basically set up a three-way for oh, Halloween. Ha! Braun, <laughs> apparently during this promo for tomorrow night, Braun mentions that due to being a Steiner, he's good at math. Yep. Uh-huh. And he has a 33 and a third percent chance of beating both of them in Halloween Havoc in a triple threat match. Thank you, Braun Breaker. That's the first funny thing you said in your entire career. Um, Damon Kemp and Brutus Creed go to a no contest after Damon uses a chair several times to beat down Brutus Creed.
1: Which, wouldn't you call that a disqualification? Why is it a no contest?
0: I <laughs> don't fucking know. Stupid. Uh, Wesley defeats Tony D'Angelo via referee stoppage. mm mm-hmm. uh, Stacks gets ejected during the match. Tony got thrown in the middle turnbuckle. Doctors checked on him. Then they call the bell afterwards, declaring Wesley the winner. And Tony did help back to get backstage from a few people.
1: Right. They're not sure if they're going to air that or not.
0: Right. Uh, Then we got Mandy Rose beating Fallon Henley in a non-title match. Ugh. Then Mandy cut a little promo about Alba Fire, who came on the screen and mentioned she'd be coming for the women's title. Yay. Again. Right. Uh, then Ilya Dragunov beat Zion Quinn in a one on one match.
1: And then. Of the main of- Quinn. Yeah. That dude's got talent. Like, that dude's got the potential. And, like, yeah.
0: And then the main event is going to be a pub rules tag team match. <laughs> Briggs, and- Briggs and Jensen defeat Wolfgang and Mark Coffey of Gallus. Uh, there apparently are garbage cans, chairs, and tables used. Briggs and Jensen hit their finisher on Mark Coffey, who had a garbage can wrapped around him to win the match. Uh, Gallus had security surrounding them at ringside, and one of the members appeared to take out a referee, so they were escorted out by security as well as local authorities. I don't know what the fuck that's do with anything. Maybe that was after the match, I guess. I Probably. Random. Fucking random. Uh, so, yeah. That's uh, that's your fucking show tomorrow night. Yay. Hmm.
1: I mean, it's the last one of the tie-dye era. Yes. Because, like I said, I'm pretty sure they taped the two weeks in advance so they could uh, revamp the way the PC looks for the show.
0: hmm <clears throat> Then we get to SmackDown. Let's change the banner. SmackDown. We have... Oh, one uh, other thing. Sorry. Sorry, one other thing. Uh, two other things, actually. From... Involving live events over the weekend for NXT. Number one, -hmm. uh, Veer Mahan has apparently been sent down to NXT. Oh. And is tagging with Sangha. Oh. So. I was liking
1: Veer Mahan.
0: I know. Well, you can only squash Ray and Dominic Mysterio so many times. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: just keep doing it. You're
0: not going to do that with Dom and Judgment Day now.
1: Why not? Make Veer this monster baby face.
0: Because Tripwitch knows how to book on like Tony Khan. I just want to see Beard beat up Dominic. I oh, know you why. do, but you can't... No!
1: Why not?
0: So that's that's number one.
1: Why can't we have nice things?
0: I don't know. Uh, number two. I don't know if it's just because I still haven't watched any of his stuff from Level Up yet. This Quincy character. Did he use his chest for offense? Sometimes he's taking his man titties and slapping people in the corner with them.
1: You know who else used to do that? Who? You mentioned him earlier in the show. Who? Marshall McNeil.
0: See, with Marshall, it's funny. With, Marshall. <laughs> with Quincy, it just looks awkward. I'm sorry. Especially when the ca- the camera angle that they, I saw the clip of was from the corner they were in. So you basically have an invasion of... Uh, uh, no. It's almost like the stink face cam. Exactly. Back Just, oh, God. Oh. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm sorry. Anyways, to get on track with SmackDown, probably the most... How should I put this? One of those weird gotcha segments to open the show. <laughs> bloodline comes out, they do an in ring promo, solo acknowledges Roman. Then there this music hits, they're leaving the ring, but before they can get out, Sammy interrupts the exit, stops the music, thanks the Bloodline for taking him in and he acknowledges Roman as the tribal chief. Then Roman asks Sammy what he wants by dragging along with them. Tells Sammy to take off the bloodline shirt he's wearing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sammy hesitates. Jay then rips it off of Sammy. And Roman says he doesn't want to see Sammy in the Bloodline shirts ever again. Or to toss Sammy a customary honorary Ooze shirt.
1: Which they've been selling on WWE shop for the past
0: few weeks prior to this. So fucking well played, though. The whole fucking It was thing. well
1: played, but it would have been better if they hadn't released that shirt online already.
0: Well, yeah. Duh. You we know <laughs> Uh, then our actual first match of the show, Liv beats Lacey Evans, shocker, in a non-title match. Then decides to take out Lacey Evans with a kendo stick that Lacey Ugh. had brought into the ring at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. And then Liv puts Lacey through a table with a senton off the top rope, cause Extreme Rules coming up. Mm-hmm. Then we get the first segment of Hit Row Street Profits and Shin backstage for a Hit Row party.
1: With a QR code in the background that everyone missed. Yep. Yeah.
0: An Easter egg, here it is, right there. If you're watching on the YouTube side, you can see this is pre-Shin coming into the segment, by the way. You can see it clearly right there on the TV screen in the background between BFAB and Montez Ford. There's a QR code. Happy birthday. (laughs) Um, And apparently the QR code led to a game, and when you finish the game, you're linked to show the geographical coordinates
1: of where Raw is tonight.
0: In Edmonton, that is correct.
1: They did something else, too. I don't know if I messaged you. Uh,
0: I think I saw it, but you can go ahead and tell me.
1: They flyered everyone's cars with white rabbits.
0: They're really putting a lot of effort into this shit. Dude,
1: that's so imagine. And like Shelly even said, she's like, imagine Vince actually like putting the effort to paper cars ever, never, never. never. never, never.
0: Then we get Sammy running into Madcap and Ricochet backstage. They're talking shit about Bloodline. Solo jumps Madcap and Ricochet for disrespecting Sammy Mm -hmm. because Solo and Sammy are buddies, I guess. Sure. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, Then we get a package on the Usos. Now they're only two months away from becoming the longest ring tag champs of all time.
1: I guess we're just done with New Day.
0: Maybe. Then, speaking of New Day, we get them beating Maxwell Male Models pretty quickly Mm -hmm. uh, as Max storms out on. Massey, Mansoor, and Maxine after the match. They're
1: because... trying to tease
0: more and more about LA Knight coming back, and I'm just uh, I'm not entirely sure about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, then we get scene number two from the Hit Row Party backstage as the Lotharios try to make a move on bfab Top Dollar and Adonis send them packing, tell them to leave. Then we get Braun against Otis. Braun wins, and I... It was okay. It, it, it did the job. Let's just put it that way. Uh, then we get a brawling brutes backstage interview where Butch runs away towards the end and nobody goes chasing after him. Fucking scary. because um, <laughs> it's Pete Dunn. Yep. Then McIntyre's in the ring doing a promo. He announces a strap match against carrying cross extreme rules.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is where shit goes a little sideways. Mm. Yeah. So cross attacks Drew mm-hmm. after Scarlet had come out to their th- entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so he attacks Drew from behind Drew gets the upper hand though With the, eventually attaches the strap to him and Cross starts whipping the shit out of him then Scarlet eventually intervenes and, and prevents Drew from hitting him anymore he turns around to kind of sort of walk away from the scene mm-hmm. Scarlet turns in as she's kneeled down in front of Cross who's cowered in the corner basically mm-hmm. well she turns into him clearly doing something yeah As Drew turns and comes back towards their corner, um, which you couldn't really make out very well during the live shot. Yeah. You had to see the replay to make it out, really, that they showed Uh eventually.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Scroett had shot off a fireball, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of sort of missed the mark. Yeah. Drew played it off. Good on him, being a professional. So eventually, that eventually leads to um, Scarlett giving Drew a little blow and then Cross finally choking out Drew.
1: Right. See, at least they were able to cover it up right away. Um, Because before we go further, I wanted to speak a little bit on fireball spots. And there are
0: details that have come out about this, by the way, since then. Oh, there are? Yes. Apparently, the materials used for that spot were not bought by the props team
1: ah uh, they yes. were
0: bought on the road by i'm not sure if it was and Cross who bought it themselves or if it was somebody else within
1: they were at a gag shop team. that had expired shit that would make even more sense yep right so yeah so here's the thing with fireball spots is and there's a reason you don't see them that often they are very hard to pull off and there's a re- the, 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 there's, there's several reasons for it um The best fireball spot that I can think of that went off without a hitch was between um, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. When Kaufman was disguised at ringside and Lawler came over and he did it right there. It's because it was very close range and it was very quick flash paper, which is what you use for fireballs is very, very temperamental. Um, I've done a lot of work with flash paper fire, you know, fire effects um, flash paper absorbs liquid very fast. If you have the slightest bit of sweat on your hand, the flash paper gets it, and then the shit don't light. Um, think Hogan and Warrior and WCW. Because yeah. they, they, they purposely tried. They put the flash paper in a sandwich baggie to keep it dry. Uh-huh. still didn't help.
0: I'll throw out another spot. I can't remember if it... I remember it looking good, but I don't know if it actually went off well. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Hogan, uh, rewind a few years to King of the Ring 93. Well, see, that was ball.
1: where they did it with the camera and that right. was why and I was going to get to why that works. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh, getting back though, like one other time that I saw a fireball work, but it was like a half worked, half didn't was actually back in the day when I first started training, uh, Mike Milano and Ron zombie, <laughs> Ron zombie. um, it's, There was a, a spot where my
0: fireball working shocker,
1: the zombie was getting the fireball. He was taking it. Oh. And Mike, Mike basically had like a fistful of freaking flash paper and lit it and just threw it, and it did what it did.
0: <laughs>
1: like oh it, was, Nine, it, it, it was, it was, it it looked all right, but yeah, like so. So the thing with the camera and that actually falls back to so one person that was really good at working the fireball effect was Jim Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Because what happened was while he was uh, on the road in ECW, he found uh, it was it's it's what works for when you're working with flash paper it was a flash paper gun. It's little. It's like the size of like uh, one of those like little pro handle pistol looking lighters. Yeah. yeah. And you can just poke a like you can you can basically like roll up a piece of flash paper, slip it in and then and it does it. And the flash paper gun was what was attached to the um, the camera. Yeah. Oh. That's King of the ring. Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: but the flash people
1: are going to see the problem, that, and this is a very famous story with Jim Mitchell, was because he did it for November to Remember. He did a promo where he like talks about giving thanks and blah, 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 and then he uses the flash people going to light it on fire, and it comes out, and it's Mikey Whipwreck tied up like a suckling pig, and there's a fire ring around him. So when they filmed that, he had actually been working backstage and figuring out that if you get more flash paper in the gun, you can get bigger fireballs or you can get like two fireballs in a row. Oh boy. And he sat there with a toothbrush and he started ramrodding the flash paper into the gun and it exploded.
0: Right. i remember hearing about this.
1: Yep. And that's when he turns and looks at Mikey Whipwreck and goes, Mikey, this is no good. And there were pieces of his hand on Mikey's face. Mm hmm. And one of the, like, not only did it blow off, like, the middle of his hand, but w- what do you call it? The shrapnel went into the, into the side of his abdomen, and that's why he had to go to the hospital. He
0: went JPP on so. himself. That's good. Which what? He went JPP on himself. Yeah. You remember what I'm talking about, right?
1: Yes. But, yeah, so Except that's why.
0: Flash paper, not fireworks, but go ahead.
1: Right. So, yeah, so, fire, so that's why, like, fireball spots, you usually want to use a flash gun, but they're very, very temperamental. So that's why you don't see fireball spots a lot. So it's like, as much as people say, look, Scarlet fucked it up. You try doing one. It's a bitch. I know from fucking experience. Mm -hmm. Flash paper is a bitch to work with. Especially if it was bought on the road, whereas it's probably sitting at a gag shop for God knows how long. Mm -hmm. Because it does lose its potency over time. If they had worked with props department to get some, props department could have gotten some fresh, or there's actually ways you can make flash paper. And they could have had someone props department make some a week ahead of time. Interesting. Yeah.
0: All right. So after that we had Raquel. Oh, by the way, um I need to pause again for a second. Um the whole nine twenty-three at nine twenty-three thing. Yes. Was a commercial so, break in which they were playing White Rabbit in the arena again.
1: Yeah, they were playing White Rabbit in the Arena. The commercial break we got was Domino's. So nine twenty three at nine twenty three, Nick Gage to WWE confirmed.
0: Oh fuck you. <laughs> uh then we got Raquel beating Dakota Kai after Shotzi took out Eo and Bailey to prevent interference. So obviously we know what we're building four with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Then we get the last segment of the hit Row party backstage, which the Lotharios return and attack Adonis and Top Dalla. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're gonna keep going with that because we really yep. fucking need it. <laughs> and then we close the night with the Usos retaining the tag titles over the Brawling Brutes. And that's your yep. smackdown. Mm-hmm. Um, as for, before I get into any other news, not involving on your product raw tonight, uh, there's four matches officially booked for tonight. On That's raw. a
1: lot more than the usual. Usually they have like, yeah, one it's match usually like
0: two and then like a segment or two they pre-announce. Right. Um, so we've got Bianca against EO sky in a non-title match. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Riddle against Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. And then the tag match that was booked during Raw last week, KO and Johnny Gargano, aka Pain Express yeah. against Alpha Academy.
1: Yeah, that'd be good.
0: So, yeah. So, I mean, four quality matches all booked already. Well, Right, three quality matches and one that Riddle's going to carry. Right, um,
1: and I know people are bitching about Raw's ratings from last week because they were down, but it's also because the average was down, and it's because they were what they it's Monday Night Football season. They that's were against two happen. games last week too. They games. were against two games, and really they kept their viewership up till the last two quarters,
0: exactly.
1: And that's when it dropped. And people are going to say, "Oh, it's because it was a women's match in the main event." No, it's just because they were against oh. two fucking football games.
0: Oh yeah, let's 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 take the easy cop out and just say it's the women's main event. That's fucking nice. Right. You're kidding well, me, because, right? That was what he said?
1: Oh, yeah, because we could, they started at $1.8 and they ended at $1.3 And they pretty much stayed steady along the way until the last two quarters. But the thing was, they were down overall, number one, because football started, but then it was just because people were just like, eh, it's football. It's two games of football. What are you going to do?
0: Foosball.
1: It's the devil. I can't,
0: I can't believe people were really using the women's main event as a cop-out. Fuck off. They just... Fuck right off! All right, few quick things. Number one, um, Sheamus has been booked for a rematch for the IC title against Gunter on the "quote unquote" season premiere of SmackDown, which is going to be next Friday, October the seventh. Yep. Number two, um, have you heard the conspiracy of all what all these teases are really leading towards? QR code, the QR code is shit. Yeah, have you heard the conspiracy about this?
1: No, I mean originally, like it was that people thought it was cross, but obviously it's not because cross is in a program.
0: There's a conspiracy theory that's going to be Bray and leading a stable, basically.
1: Well, because Eric Rowan has expressed interest in coming back too.
0: Wrong. Not involving Eric Rowan. There's conspiracy out there that everything. Is trying to reflect the Firefly Funhouse that used to exist. And that Bray is now going to take those figments of his imagination and turn
1: them into people. Correct. And it was supposed, to, was it, I saw something like it was supposed to be Braun and Gacy in the dyad or
0: something. Wrong. You're right about one name, the first name you said. Yeah. The four names that have been mentioned are Braun Strowman, uh-huh. Karrion Cross, yeah. Scarlet. Mm-hmm. This one I think makes the least sense out of the four. But as far as being on that level of creepy, I would get it. And that's Dexter Loomis.
1: And you see, the thing is, that's great in everyone's fantasy book or mine, but you're talking about at least three of those four male people are singles people on their own. They don't need to be in a stable. Stables are designed to get middle card guys to main event status. These guys are already established and in programs. Elevating,
0: not plateauing.
1: Right. And I don't
0: I so low, but yeah, that's what I meant.
1: Yeah. Right, and also crosses a heel, and the other three are all proverbially faces right now.
0: Yeah. Um. Other note: Drew was taken off this weekend shows.
1: Food poisoning.
0: He was resting from food poisoning. He even had to. He was actually feeling so bad Friday night on SmackDown. They had to take an IV before he went out for the segment. Yep. Um. So hope Drew's okay come Friday. This coming Friday. He doesn't have to miss too much.
1: Yeah, food poisoning's um, a bitch.
0: And then we have someone returning to backstage for WWE.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Would you like to spill the beans on that?
1: It's someone who I lost faith in when he was down there earlier, so he's got time to make good. As Gabe Sapolsky.
0: Yep, back with NXT.
1: Is it official that he's back with NXT?
0: That's the rumor. It's not official. But I wanted to close the show with two quick things. Aside from whatever you might want to talk about that we haven't touched on. Hmm. Number one. And this is based on something that came out three hours ago. (sighs) If you listen to Rick Fears' podcast, you already know this because he this is that's where he said what I'm about to mention.
1: He's going to wrestle another match in Puerto Rico.
0: That's well, I don't know about Puerto Rico, but that's what did
1: he fucking I was joking.
0: No, he's serious. Jesus, fuck. I, I got nothing for you, man. I got nothing.
1: Which is so fucking funny, because over the weekend, I saw Kurt Adonis. Who was the timekeeper for that match. What do you say? Uh, we didn't talk about that. We just caught up on old times because we hadn't seen each other in forever.
0: <sighs> I'm just so done. Just so done.
1: Jesus. I don't get it. I mean, I do because it's fucking flair, but
0: still... Here's the other thing I want to discuss real quick. Mm-hmm. So we got Roman skipping extreme rules, for lack of a better phrase.
1: He worked at a house show uh, this past weekend.
0: Good for him. It was probably to make good on true not being there, I'm guessing.
1: Probably something like that, but because because they've been advertising the Saturday house shows as Saturday night's main events. Right. And they put up the, like, the ticket sold really well, and it was a rare Roman house show appearance, and it really helped the house.
0: I think they were still in Cali, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I want to say they were in Stockton and Fresno. No, it was either
1: Cali or somewhere in Canada. I forget.
0: I mean, it, was, it was Stockton and Fresno this weekend. Okay. Anyways. Um, so let's presume and book ahead what we're looking at with Roman for title defenses. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a limb and say that before the end of the calendar year, we get one more title defense on TV. Who? I don't know, but it's Fox. I right. assume they have it somewhere in their contract where they get X number of title defenses per year on the show. Right. Yeah. So we're just going to assume at least one before mm-hmm. 2022 ends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We also have Crown Jewel booked with Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. No matter what you think about it, it's booked. It is what it yep. is to get through it. So then we get to Survivor Series, which if I remember correctly is in Boston?
1: Yes, it is. Okay. Kind of looking at maybe thinking about possibly.
0: Uh, depends on what my schedule turns out the next.
1: Well, I got to see what tickets are because right. that's going to be expensive.
0: So here's the look Extreme Rules, Halloween Havoc, Crown Jewel. Okay. So. Survivor Series in Boston. To me, I would put that at 50 50 just because we don't know what the War Games who, match is going to be. Right. We don't know who or what is being booked for War Games yet. So you just got to wait and see. Also, have to let it breathe and see right. if anything more meticulous, um, anything more comes out of the stuff they're doing with, Z- with Sami Zayn now. Right. Exactly. If it becomes more with KO involved, et cetera, et right. et cetera. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and just assume we're going to have a title match at day one in Atlanta. Probably. we we'll are also go on a limb and assume we get a match at Royal Rumble in San Antonio. Yes. This now leaves us with WrestleMania in LA April 1st and 2nd. Mm-hmm. Between that, let me see if I can figure out... No, I didn't want that. No, piece of shit. There we go. That's what I want. Thank you, Wikipedia. You are my lifesaver. All right. So let's look at this year's schedule and just kind of book ahead what we could be looking at, aside mm-hmm. from Royal Rumble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Basically, you're looking at Elimination Chamber, potentially. Whether or not it's in Jeddah again, like it was this past year, I Doubtful. don't know. Um...
1: I then think that was a one-time.
0: Okay, so let's, let's just assume it's the Nation chambers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Plus, they had been doing Fast Lane.
1: Or Roadblock, again, whichever, again, whichever they choose to call it.
0: <laughs> doing, yeah, on again, off again. It was an off again year this year, so I'm kind of assuming they might go back to the well with it in 2023.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, don't want to assume. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you have four pay-per-views between... Survivor Series and Rumble and uh, excuse me and Mania, mm-hmm. Day One Rumble, Elimination Chamber, and Fast Lane Roadblock, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I would be of the opinion to like you said, yes on Day One, yes on Rumble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would go no on Chamber, mm-hmm. and seventy five percent no for Fast Lane.
1: Right, Fastlane Roadblock, I I believe, would be like a a, one of those last case scenarios of number one contendership for Mania on the line in the main event.
0: Yes, right. So, if we're booking ahead
1: Mm -hmm.
0: between now and day one, Mm -hmm. do we give Drew another shot? Possibly. Just crosswork his way into the picture at all. Definitely. Do we revisit KO? Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we? Oh
1: man, Braun. We
0: go, I was about to say, can we go back to the very birth of the title reign and go back to Braun? We could. Because I believe what was it? It was Roman Braun and. Uh, it was Braun Bray? and Bray,
1: and Roman signed the contract and walked in on the last minute. Yeah,
0: right. Um, If Bray is back by then, do we go visit Bray?
1: Not yet. Bray's going to be a slow burn.
0: Okay. So I'm going to put out a. It's not even really a. Th- I guess we'll call it a theory. But I'm going to put out a, a, a fantasy booking here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not necessarily fantasy in that this is what I want to have happen. Mm hmm. But if we're going with the direction we would prefer and that you just said with Bray, which is a slow bird,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's go on the limb and say Bray returns in Survivor Series. Okay. Because that to me just sounds like the ideal moment to do it. You re add. Uh, n- I, I feel
1: like he's going to come back as Extreme Rules, though.
0: I mean, it could. But I'm just saying. I, like- I'm it's, saying it's if a, if there's times you're going to do it. It's either Philly next weekend or Survivor Series. Right. It's just, you're I don't think
1: they free. can drag on the White Rabbit stuff for another two months.
0: Fair. My point is that reads not the right crowd, and you're not going to give away on free TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's either Philly next weekend or Boston at the end of uh,
1: th- uh, right, Survivor Series.
0: The weekend after Thanksgiving or whatever it mm-hmm. is, or the weekend before. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, weekend after. It's one or the other. You're not doing any time in between. Right. If we do a slow burn. Could you book Bray Roman? I mean, again, I know everybody wants to talk about it's going to be Roman and Dwayne. Because it is. That's what everybody's saying. Let's be hypothetical and say Dwayne is not an option. It's okay. I, work with me here. Mm-hmm. If you go the slow burn route, could Bray be your best option for Mania? If built one right, of your yes. top three options.
1: Yeah, if built right, yes. <laughs> okay. Because the anticipation of him coming back and the, the 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 merch money that's there when he does come back, hmm. that's it, that's your big personality. I, I tell you, who's not going to be there? It's the person every fucking keyboard warrior thinks is going to be there. At what? To fa- to take the belt off Roman at Mania.
0: Let me guess, Mister Torn Peck himself. Uh huh. Listen.
1: Cody is never going to main event WrestleMania.
0: Linda, Linda, listen. Um, Because I literally just saw this headline today. Cody
1: is to not again. a monetary draw of that caliber, no matter how much these fucking people want to think it.
0: Oh, if Cody oh God, was that much picture. a
1: monetary draw, he could have carried AEW on his back.
0: Oh, God, there's a picture of Brock clean-shaven now. God help us. Um... <laughs> So he looks like a garbage so, pail kid again. So, Mr. Torn Peck, let's see, Hell in a Cell was what? Bear with me. Hell in a Cell was what, May? Yes. Yeah. May, uh,
1: or June. June. Or,
0: uh, first weekend of June, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost four months.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then we had stated when he was out, when he went out, we're looking this at nine This is a nine nine-month
1: month recovery, so. yeah. Which is legit. That's not like them, like, overshooting to be safe. That's the legit time for this.
0: Apparently Dickface McGee talked to TMZ Sports. Uh-huh. Oh, you saw this? Oh, yeah. Cody said he's getting close to making a WWE return. But he also stated that doctors won't give him a timeline for when he could return to in-ring action. Because they know he would try to return quicker than, he should, than they would recommend. Which could re injuring himself. No mm-hmm. shit, Sherlock. Yep. When I asked about a timeline for his return, Cody said, quote, you know they haven't really given me one because they know I'm stupid, and I try to test it. Duh. I got my mind where I want to be, and I think a lot of fans have in their mind where I'd like to be, and that's hopefully where it's at. Right now, I do actually agree with what's going on because I think what happens next, hopefully, and what we do, this is all speculative up in the air. Hopefully, it's a run that people remember, and I got to be healthy for it the fuck does that mean i
1: don't know it's because um, he knows that there's no marketability in him now they got that big pop but then he went and injured himself and he injured himself fucking lifting weights it's not like he injured himself during a match like the whole thing was he came into the big pomp and circumstance there and the thing is and what vince didn't see is that there is no return on him like he can he had him on for a month yeah and then he hurt himself and then they went through, it's like, all right, well, we carried a fucking pay-per-view with, with you in the main event. That's nice and all well and good. Um, but now, like, we have to keep running these vignettes every, like, once a month to remind people that you work for us. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, it's, the, it's the law of diminishing returns. And when Cody does come back, sure, Cody, you'll get a big pop from the people in the audience there. It's not going to do anything to show a return on the ratings or on the merch right. or anything like that. And so, like, I was of the matter of even if Cody had not injured himself and had been active this whole time, that Cody was not going to be a main event player.
0: Also, factoring, we haven't had a true test yet because when he was back for those two to three months...
1: He only worked Seth.
0: Aside from that, he was being shot to the moon. Right, right, he was. Because there was no legitimate forward thinking baby faces really right on Monday because they hadn't really, because Riddle was still in a tag team. This is pre Orton injury.
1: Right. And this is when they were getting, they were planning on pushing Orton for the title, but Orton got hurt.
0: Right. Um, um, this is pre KO getting brought back to the limelight and not getting buried in the Ezekiel bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, The fabric of RAW itself has changed. Let alone factoring in Braun Strowman returning, Mm -hmm. Cross returning. I know he's not a face, but it's still Cross. But still, right? Um, Bray's impending comeback that everyone keeps saying is going to happen. Plus, all these guys that seem to be unhappy in AEW that are reportedly wanting to come back. Mm -hmm. The Malachi Blacks of the world. I'm not going to put Buddy in that category. I would. All right, so because he was a Trips guy. All right, so Buddy Matthews. Um, also helps he's dating Rhea Ripley, probably the hottest, uh huh, the hottest woman on I mean physically, I mean that like heat-wise, the hottest yeah. woman on the roster right now. Yep. Um, I mean Bailey's white hot right paraphrasing, right. loosely using the term white hot. Bailey's white hot because she knows how to be just fucking annoying. Rhea's white hot because she knows how to be evil and pull yes. it off. Yeah. Right? There's there's layers to it. Right. Um But I mean, like those extenuating circumstances and factors weren't there when Cody got hurt.
1: Right. There's way more working parts now.
0: Now they're there. Um,
1: I'm, I'm telling you right now, the 2023 Royal rumble is going to be what I'm going to dub the, can you top this Royal rumble? Because what's going to to happen is
0: that's impossible to predict.
1: It's, it's, it's going to be, big surprises in intervals throughout the thing to larger and larger pops. That's when you're going to see the return of Cody. That's when you're going to see the return of Randy Orton. That's when you're going to see the return of the rock. It's going to be done in intervals to pop the crowd louder and louder.
0: I. I'm going to go on a limb and say it right now. Without knowing for sure. All three of those people you just mentioned are in the Royal Rumble. Mm Mm-hmm. This might be the most impossible World Rumble to try and forecast. I know it's September, but four months out and trying to forward book because you're in WrestleMania season. It's like this is WrestleMania season, really, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Once you get through SummerSlam, you're forward booking to WrestleMania at this point. Yep. I'm at a point four months out of the Rumble. I don't have a fucking clue, and I like that. It's good to be in a in a, in a situation where there's obvious contenders. But as far as pinpointing one guy, it's good to not have a fucking clue for once, mm. and I love it. Like it's it's gonna make people think a lot, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I like I like the potential drama. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. Do you have any grievances you like to air? I know it's not Festivus, but do you have any you like to air? We're we gonna
1: talk about Liv Morgan fucking up.
0: Oh. Apparently <laughs> she was at a strip club with Sony Deville. Yep. She tweeted out a short 10 second clip and didn't realize there was a naked chick on stage behind them. And she quickly removed the video, but not before the internet had captured it. And she apologized. And yeah.
1: Say like, I'm pretty sure she was already losing that title, but say goodbye to any push. Yikes! This is a publicly traded company. Yeah. Like, What's going to be your excuse? I was drunk. Not a good excuse. You're in a damn strip club. Right. I'd never take a selfie of myself in the bathroom of a strip club, let alone on the main floor of the strip club.
0: Yeah. Um. Anything else before I go into two small things I wanted to bring up to you?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think that was all the WWE notes. So, yeah, go ahead. Two main things. Oh, I have one grievance, but I'll let you wait.
0: Two main things, quick. Number one, can we stop making a big deal of guys from one company working out with guys from another company? Yes. Who fucking cares? Just cause you, just cause you feel like you have like to pick one side over the other, doesn't mean they all hate each other. Mm. It doesn't work like that. Mm. No, no, no. I mean, just, just like, I'll give you an example. I may not like how all the other companies around me do business and you you probably feel the same way. I may not like how all the other companies around me do business. But that doesn't mean I hate every single person involved with all those companies. Right. Like there's a you could name off 80% probably at least 80% mm-hmm. of the talent from all those companies and mm-hmm. I'll still say no yeah, that's chill. I'd book them like there's no the heat I have with with the select few involved in running those companies doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have heat with the others right. or have hatred towards the others. Right. It's okay. You can be friends. It's okay.
1: Prime example of me seeing Kurt this weekend. Kurt's the ring announcer for NW. I haven't seen Kurt in ages. Welcome to each other with a huge hug.
0: There you go. The second thing. Nobody over the age of 13 should ever be ringside with a replica championship belt. Oh, God. You're not a child. If you have a replica championship belt, you should be doing one of two things A, bring it to a collectible show to be signed or sold, or B, keep it in a fucking case in your house. Don't be fucking bringing it to a live event for all the other public germs to get on it and disgrace the title itself.
1: Um, so yeah, I kind of did that once.
0: Well, you're allowed to one. I'll give you a one-time pass. Well, twice. Uh, what title was it?
1: I had an old, uh, attitude era, WWF replica, replica belt. There were two reasons I did it. One was because the indie, like one of the indies I used to go to back in the day, they were obviously using replica belts. They didn't buy their own. So then, and I saw that. So the next show I went to, I brought my belt and I brought a sign saying a hundred dollars. I'll make you the champ.
0: That's, 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 that's the, uh, that's the side effect of everything. By the way, if you're over 13 years of age and bring a Ruckle belt, you're ready for somebody to step up and be like, I challenge you for that title and fighting in the fucking parking lot. Exactly. And the other time was to defend it.
1: The other time was I was at a Jersey show that Jeff Jarrett was on and Jeff came out and I said, Jeff, you like my belt? I got the same way you did. I bought it.
0: When you say replica belt was it the world title or was it something different
1: yeah it was the same it was that attitude era belt. The, circle,
0: the circled one with Yeah, like the, the blue strap
1: not the blue strap but the, the, the one that the one the that they switched over when Austin won it
0: yeah that's why yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah the not winged eagle one yeah
0: right uh yeah yeah well, that was a it was like, looking back belt. looking back now yeah it was a very odd looking belt it was
1: the same design we used for our old tag belts How
0: about the level it was meant for Um, no offense to tag belts. It
1: just just worked out that way.
0: Yeah. All right. You had one other thing you want to bring up. Go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah. Now that the weekend is over, um, I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to give anyone any free publicity, but, um, so, uh, I have a long-term plan worked out for when dissension pro wrestling starts running again. And it, yes, involves running lo- it, it involves running locally in my area. Um, it involves moving away from the town we used to because that town has been killed by people poaching my old venue. Unfortunately. And running closer to home for me. Um, as such, I have a one to two year plan worked out where I start in a couple of smaller venues and work my way up to a much, much larger venue. Now I have to recalibrate all my plans because that much, much larger venue is going to be hosting a wrestling event in the near future. It is hosting an event by a company that has never run an event before. Being booked by someone who has never booked a show before. And frankly, has hardly wrestled.
0: I know where this is going.
1: Now, I know this town like the back of my fucking hand. This entire weekend, I was at this town's largest annual gathering. It was the 60th anniversary. It's akin to going to one of the bigger town fairs in this state. When people talk about Connecticut town fairs, they talk about the Berlin Fair. They talk about the Durham Fair. They're a little, a little below the Big E. Yep. Like obviously, the Big E is the biggest thing in the Northeast. But <laughs> I was at this place all weekend working my church info booth. I did not see one mention, one flyer, one person going around anything of mention of this company's show. What did I see? I saw a friend share a status on Facebook to just their friends, not publicly saying if anyone wants tickets to this, I've got them. And they're not even a worker. Mm-hmm. Also, the name of your company is stupid. And uh, you're going to get the wrong you're going to get the wrong uh, uh, viewpoint by your advertising, by which I mean the logo you're using for your show that you don't even share on fucking social media because um, people are going to think that you're Antifa. So um, this is just a bump in the road for me. I have other plans. I can work around this. I'm just hoping this doesn't kill that venue for when I w- when I hope to run it in the future because that venue is beautiful and I used to stare at it every day from my fucking work cubicle awaiting a day that it would reopen because it was condemned for many years Mm -hmm. and I'll be goddamned if you kill my town before I get a chance to take it over his town my town you don't even live here I do and that's just that just this is me being nice. I'm not even talking about the other company that has fucked my company over every time. That already got your other show, which was supposed to be your first show, shut down. Because you're all supposed to run a town fair, and then what happened? The day that it happened, oh, we don't have any U-Haul trucks in the whole state. See, I'm not that petty. Mm-hmm. But this motherfucker is. And guess what? He used to run in this town too. Just saying.
0: Bitch. Yep. Anyways. All right. That being said, thanks for tuning in to White Keat, episode 68, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends, from Mohawk and Johnstone Supply. Yo, know next week is favorite number, favorite position, episode sixty-nine. Nice episode, um, nice. <laughs> that might be what I name it, episode exactly.
1: nice. Exactly. <laughs> Just for the hell of it.
0: Uh yeah. Uh, any comments about the show? You can always tweet at us. He's at jj underscore uh, jj underscore alexander. I'm at Brian Cady, all one word. B r i a n c a d y. If you have a co- uh, long form compliments, questions, complaints. Brian.KD at Think of Godzilla without the D Media.com mm-hmm. For JJ, I'm Brian Enjoy your week of wrestling I'm going to find a way to take a nap somehow I don't know, <laughs> we'll figure it out What a fucking day <laughs> JJ Say fuck off Bobby Fish
1: Fuck off Bobby Fish